0: Hey, listener, before we get into Christine today, I just wanted to let you know anybody who's in the Traverse City area, tomorrow, that's June 5th, Saturday, um, my beautiful, talented, artistic wife, Bird, and I will both be at uh, Florence Fest. It's organized by Grow Benzie. It's from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., there's $10 admission. Um, you can get all the details online if you just look up Grow Benzie Florence Fest. Uh, Bird will be there with an artist's vendor table. She's going to have several original paintings, tons of colored pencil pieces. She's got prints of a lot of her uh, most popular work, and she's got a ton of new vinyl stickers. If you haven't checked out Bird's vinyl stickers, they're very psychedelic, very groovy, and two of them are on the the bike that I just bought. So um, you can head on over to theartistbird.com if you want to see what kind of stuff she does. And um, if you've never met her or you never met me and you're in the area and want to see what we're about, Um, head on over to Florence Fest it's actually really cool in in addition to artists vendors and things like that there will also be um, communal painting there's a fashion show which actually uh, the fashion show I'll be modeling some clothes for an up-and-coming New York fashion designer named Jess Rehorst uh, you can find her on Instagram. I think it's Rehorst, This Land. You'll find her pretty easily. Um, there will also be poetry reading, live music throughout uh, chunks of the day. It seems like it's going to be a really good time. Very hot, though, so bring, uh, bring water, bring, I don't know, a camel, bring whatever you need to, to stay hydrated and stay cool, because it's going to be 90 degrees. Um, so if you want to come bask in the heat and the art and the fashion with Bird and I, um, look it up, head on out, uh, ten a m to ten p m. come and uh, come and see us at Florence Fest. We hope to see you there. In the meantime, just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut. Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut. Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's pics. And come and listen in, we're measuring flicks. Hello, everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson. And automabial rolls on. Yeah, see, we don't need a. We don't need a. We've got mouth sound effects, Carl.
1: Yeah, we got the big flappy. Dude,
0: this—I have a quote from Bird. <laughs> my my very first note, and we won't even tell. I'm not even gonna tell him what the movie is yet. But my first note from Bird, because I watched, I double featured yesterday to watch the next two that Fantastic. we're doing. Fantastic. She goes, "There's so many fucking revving engines in this house today."
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I was like, "It's all rev, and they're all like heavy." Deep, just big.
0: Oh four yeah, fi- man! I don't know. Both mentions. of them They're are both four forty fives, four fifty four. And the yeah. next one we're going to talk about, and I think the big, uh, the big Belvedere spoilers that we see in this flick is comparable in, in, yeah. in its horsepower. Um, so what we are talking about today is 1983's Christine.
3: She is seductive. She is passionate. She is possessive. She is pure. Evil. She is Christine. A 1958 Plymouth Fury. Possessed by Hell. Her previous owner is not alive to warn her present one. Once she lures you behind the wheel, you will be hers. Body and soul. There is no place you can hide, no place you can run, and nothing you can do can stop her. Because how do you kill something that can't possibly be alive? Christine. Body by Plymouth. Soul by Satan.
1: Dude... This is oh right off the top before we thank patrons. Yes, I just want to thank John Carpenter and Stephen King for being incredible bed partners, man. Holy fuck!
0: Yeah, dude. this movie. Uh, this movie's pretty damn good, dude. I think this is my favorite John Carpenter movie. Your favorite John Carpenter yeah. movie? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I
1: love Halloween. Right. I love Prince of Darkness. Sure. I love Escape from New York. Right, right. He's got a there lot of is good stuff. Something about this. Flick dude that just
0: Oh it, it's not uh it's not the Serpent in the Rainbow that's not your
1: That's Wes Craven <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ
0: I'm just so indifferent to John Carpenter let's oh, talk about Wes Craven really? No no my god um
1: Ghost of Mars maybe is a little bit of a wet Fart but that's <laughs>
0: Was Big Trouble in Little China? Is John Carpenter? Yeah, sure is. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, that that's
1: a Jack Burton. Burden. I ain't saying I've been everywhere, and done everything, but I'm gonna eat a sandwich and kick ass or whatever. It fucking, says. <laughs> I'm gonna kick ass and I'm. Oh no, that's they live too. He did the one with Rowdy Rowdy Piper. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm fresh out of bubble he's gum. He's got a
0: fucking. He's got yeah. a lot of iconic. He does, like man, like Snake action Kishkin, characters, Jack
1: Burton, right, right, whatever. Rowdy Roddy Piper plays, and they live. Michael Myers, Sun all Lashes, these hero guy, types, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so we, <laughs> Ice Cube, <laughs> right, right, yeah. I mean, who could forget, man? the only man who's ever... Wait, no, it wasn't. Is it Ice Cube? It's not Ice Cube. Who's the guy who in Ghost of Mars? But who's the guy in the Halloween Resurrection who backs Michael Myers down oh, right. just by bitching him out? Yo, go back to the van, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Busta Rhymes? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is Busta Rhymes. And then Michael Myers is like... He's like, oh, I guess I'll go back to the van. He slinks away like Charlie Brown. and that Michael was,
1: Myers <laughs> is in the production man like, I don't know how to use any of the- Oh, you fucking asshole. No, he's, he's sitting
0: there and he's like, well, how hard could it be? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well this is Okay, that must be Cam One and I can switch him with this button. Okay, this is pretty easy. This is actually pretty easy. Gets a headset on well, and that and that was, was like, a lot more difficult on, on TV. They make it look so hard, but really it's just it's kind of you just have to have he an understanding visual flow. And that's, flow, Michael and that's when Michael Myers he got a job, he became a productive member of society. <laughs> It's
1: a it's a local broadcast channel, so he's not working for CNN. Right. But you know,
0: it's not a meteoric rise. No, but it's definitely he a step found, up.
1: He found a niche that isn't sticking metal
0: into people. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Busta Rhymes. Um <laughs> uh, we're not talking about Busta Rhymes today or Halloween. We are talking about Christine. Um, directed by John Carpenter, starring Keith Gordon, John Stockwell, Alexandra Paul, Robert Prosky as Darnell, Harry Dean Stanton as the detective, which yeah. I thought was kind of interesting, because given the score we just heard, he appears in Twin Peaks. Um, he was in the original Repo Man, the like yeah. 80s hardcore flick. And then he's also in another Stephen King adaptation. He's in The Green Mile as well. I'm pretty sure Sorry. as one of the guards, right? Yeah, I think so.
2: And um, he's an
0: alien. He is an alien, and he's the voice in one of the alien video games as well. Um, he's also the
1: the guy in the next movie we're going to talk about, one of the um, hitchhikers. He,
0: which one? Is he the he's cowboy? The one
1: that, he's the one that puts the, yeah, the hand on the, the dude's leg. He's like,
0: I don't know do that way. Dude, I... You know, Harry Dean Stanton's one of those people. Every time you see his face, you're like, hey, it's Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, exactly. Like, ah... The, although this is the first one to get et by the alien, this detective character, when he's talking, when he first goes and talks to Arnie Cunningham, I kept waiting for him to be like, "So you're like movie's father." <laughs> like, there's almost, there's almost like a note of, of the Exorcist detective here, a little bit, here. a little bit. But I loved it because it's because it's not that guy. It's Harry Dean Sands. Right. Who is that? George. Who's the guy who plays the detective in oh the Exorcist? Oh my god, he's, some old dude. Yeah, big famous old guy. With a mustache. We're done talking about big famous old guys. Let's talk about people that give us money. Ru- yeah, let's do that. Uh, after we tell people oh, that William Ostrander, Roberts, and that's that's correct. Roberts is his first name, Vanessa. Roberts. Roberts. Roberts Blossom plays the seller, George LeBay. And then uh, Christine Belford, who I recognize, but I can't find anything else that she was like. Is really she the, the girlfriend? No, Christine Belford is Arnie's mom.
1: Oh, she feels like, I, th- I feel like she was a mom in one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies or something.
0: I keep getting. Playing th-
1: the same, like, mom.
0: Kind of, yeah, yeah. She's got that, She's got that like, 80s horror movie mom look. Yep. Um, but when I went and looking at her IMDb, I'm like, eh, I don't think, I really haven't seen this. She, I think she's in The Dead Zone, but other than that. Interesting. I'm not sure, yeah. But she looked so familiar, so I must have seen her in something. Um, but, yeah, before we dive, dig into the movie, let's dig into thanking the people who make this podcast possible we would love to think and by the way if you want to shout out on the show you want to keep the lights on yeah. you want to keep us talking about you should. awesome 80s John Carpenter Stephen King mashup movies which I'm pretty sure this might be one of the only ones if not the only one
1: I think so I think body bags the like three or four like it was like cat's eye it was like a right yeah like the compilation movie. I think they film. had one they did together on that
0: but I think that's the only time body bags is really good and it's, it's free on 2 too. 2
1: great dude I'm in a John Carpenter <laughs> mood now <laughs> I'm always in a Stephen King mood, but...
0: True, true. Um, So we would love to thank our patrons, and if you want to become one of our patrons or learn more, you can head on over to patreon.com slash quillandfilm, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. Shout-outs on the show sound a little something like this. Thank you so much. From the bottom of our hearts, we would love to thank Baloney Shoes, my (laughs) (laughs) sister-in-law. I know, every time I say it, you want to start like all serious, like, thank you so much, Baloney Shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Your soft processed Squishing meat feet Keeps us in electricity And your, your hosting your...
1: fees God, <laughs> yeah. well, it's At least not, tell, me, tell me it's not bologna with like those thin Slices of olive in it whatever, oh, Pimento, yeah, like pimento it.
0: Lo- No that's not even food honestly That's not even a food product at all um, We'd also like to thank uh, Leslie and Jeffrey Tai Tine- Tenelius Tine- 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 T- Tiberius. 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 Right. Jeffrey Tiberius, Morgan, K Ram, Kevin Ramirez. Oh, he's over in Baltimore still? Baltimore, yeah. So, so we yeah. should reach out to him and see if I know I know like you know those younger, wilder days are behind all of us. But oh, sure. I, do you think he still has the cigarette pouch for the for the beer smoke? For the beer smoke. The classic. For being beer smoke? able to take a
1: cigarette and a pint of Guinness down at one time? At
0: the, simultaneously. Simultaneously. Yeah. We should reach out. We should we find out see. if Yeah, shoot shoot him a text, Carla. Let's find out. Hey, K-Ram. Hey, K-Ram, haven't talked to you in ages. Can you still smoke a cigarette and and slam a beer before noon? He's like, I didn't
1: know I could do that. He's
0: like, hey, yeah, haven't talked to you in a while either. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We'd also love to thank Sister Sarah Hartley, the elusive William Rockwood. We'd love to thank Brian Jackson, David Rowney, is he, still, uh, is he still across the pond? Still hanging out with his family over in still, the UK? I think he's still over there, yeah. Dude, it was so good to hear. It was so good yep, to hear. he made like, it over. The fi- he finally got over to see the family. I, honestly, honestly, David, haven't seen you in too long. Whenever you get back, man, we cannot wait to get together with you now that we're all full of science back. and safe. Um, we'd also love to thank Kelly and Mike Wagner, uh, Daniele Hartelli, and you know what? Fuck it. We'll thank Danielle Hartley too.
1: Oh just, yeah, she's just, all right.
0: I'll just chuck one out there. Yeah,
1: she's yeah. She'll appreciate See it. See her
0: once in a while, and you're like, hey, yeah, you're cool too. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, we'd love to thank Connor Sweeney. I would also like to apologize to Connor Sweeney. I was meant to uh, read something for him about two weeks ago, and I kind of, oh, I kind of got swamped yeah. at the winery and forgot about it. And then, uh, and then I've been trying to play catch-up ever since. But I am working my way through it. By the time you get my response to the thing you wrote, they will be meaningless notes. But hopefully... We communicate with most of
1: our th- friends through the Patreon shout-outs it kinda now. Al- <laughs> it kind of
0: almost feels like smoke signals where they like shoot a text and they're like, Hey, man, how's it going? And then a couple weeks later, it's like in the shout-out I section. It's like, to your... it's pretty good, man. How, how have you been? Shoot me a text. Like a two, it's but like These a, guys are assholes. it te- it's, be- it's basically like it's not even as fast as telegraph technology. It's no l-
1: telegraphs are much like even the old like pony express. It's like, kind of a kind of pony le- express. A letter in a in a side <laughs> saddle, side saddle, whatever, cause saddle Saddlebag. Saddle bag. There you go. A letter in a saddlebag going right. from New York from to San Francisco would take less time correct than us actually
0: responding and to have anyone. less chance of getting lost yeah before it arrives yeah. than our
1: responses to text yep. messages a drunk <laughs> washed up Pony Express
0: person with a bullet in him with a bullet he's in got their a leg. bum knee because he got shot he shot himself drunk <laughs> one night on accident that guy's more reliable Full of than bad beams. <laughs> Bad beans and rancid bacon He had to eat his horse He's now walking <laughs> He's walking He's walking The last the 400
1: coast. miles yeah, he's from, like From like El Paso <laughs>
0: He's like Fuck it man <laughs> Fuck it I'm not going back. I'm almost he there. He gave a
1: saddlebag to a stranger in good faith to get it the rest of the way.
0: <laughs> it's not even him anymore. He's just <laughs> someone found him dead on the side of the road, and they're like,
1: "Well, it is my duty as an, as American, an American
2: citizen, citizen <laughs> I have
0: to get this mail." He's got real stamps on him. I gotta got all these people. All these people paid hay pennies for this postage. Right. God damn it! I'm getting this to California. Camera pans up. It's Kevin Costner. <laughs> You see, this this is- <laughs> this is why we're hard to text, Carl. Because I, yeah. when it's that level of communication, um, we so Connor Sweeney, I'll get back to you, buddy. I promise. Love you.
1: Kevin Costner be knocking on your door any day any, now. Day, any, day, now. Day, any day, day now. I'm
0: sure now. that your letter's still Dressed in that like bag. Like Elvis
1: Presley, <laughs>
0: <laughs> more than half the letters are open. He opened anything that felt like it had cash or a check in it.
1: He wrote kind of a bunch of shit, like. <laughs> <laughs> Red pen circles and shit,
0: <laughs> correcting everyone's yeah. typos and stuff. Um, we'd also love to thank uh, Casey <laughs> and John Shibe. Thank y'all both, b- b- both of y'all so much. Um, they were in New York for a long time. They're back in Michigan. We've actually gotten to see them a couple That's times awesome. last month. It was cool. It was very cool to get to see them again. Um, we Mad
1: Catan sh- rematch coming up,
0: big time. Yeah, we should get one of the, like the giant. Like, Roman Empire extension boards where you have to, like, sail ships places. and
1: You know me. To don't say a name. I shouldn't have said that. Don't even think yeah. a name of a board game. God. It's already on my Amazon.
0: <laughs> as soon as I said expansion, I'm like, I just cost Carl $400. Yeah. Damn I haven't it. even gotten paid my
1: wine club um, uh, commission yet. And I think I've spent, like, half of it on Kickstarters. <laughs>
0: Well, we're gonna have to start pooling our pennies if we're gonna actually pick up a fifty eight Plymouth Belvedere or if you wanna be Yeah, if you wanna be true to the book, then it would be a nineteen fifty eight Plymouth Fury. The Fury. But uh I You know, and I looked at both, actually really quick, let me get my very last shout out, because, or my last two. We'd love to thank Cynthia Van Manen, and we'd also absolutely love to thank down in Florida, our longtime listener and longtime supporter, Cassandra. Um, If you have not checked out her podcast, Cassandra Explains It All. Do it, do um, it, do it. Definitely do it. I, maybe it's maybe it's some bias, but I think maybe the best episode is this one she did about um, Scream. It's this oh, movie Scream, yeah. These two guests, you can just tell by their voices, they're like incredibly attractive uh, people, uh, like really like fit, good looking, fit. Definitely a you hog can, on can. one of them. <laughs> so I guess I, I guess did a guest appearance on her show, um, and I I just want to take this opportunity up top to say I will be back on her show um, on June fourth. I don't know when that episode will drop, and I can't spoil the movie, but uh, but all y'all I will give I'll give you this. It's a David Fincher film mm. that a lot of people love a whole awful lot. And I'm going to be on there talking about that in a couple of weeks. Social Network? That's the <laughs> That's one. Perfect. His His best film by far. So, oh, my God. Fuck that movie. It's a good one. It's a great soundtrack. But, um, yeah. So, thank you, Cassandra. Check out her show. Of
1: course. Because fucking, like, Nine Inch, Trent Reznor did the score for yes, it. Yes. So Trent, like...
0: Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Well, <gasps> and their team up started with Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, yeah. which I think I've probably heard that, just that soundtrack album, a hundred times. 200? I have no that's fucking idea. Incredible. It's outstanding. Some of the best like ambient like writing music I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. And it, the movie's not Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, but if you haven't seen the David Fincher remake of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, listener, you've made some errors, yeah. and we forgive you for those. Think about what you're doing with you're your You're going to really want to rectify that quick. I haven't seen it. Yet. Dude, come on! It's Definitely don't watch it around Danielle. No, I know. There's kind of a famous bit in there, Carl. That's...
1: Uh, we've talked about it on the show, which is why I haven't been able to watch it yet. Right. She's in G R this entire week. That's what I'm gonna do after our radio show. Mm-hmm. I might watch Girl with No, you know I'm gonna go home and play Gloomhaven.
0: It's very yeah, like one of those. My two. Rex
1: Murphy deck.
0: Actually, really quick, um, while we're doing that, by the time that listeners hear that other thing you just mentioned, this episode will probably be up, but um do you want to talk about what we're doing today? It's actually kind of fucking cool.
1: Yeah, we'll let's, let's talk about that and then and before we dig into Christmas Yeah,
0: and then we'll dive in. Yeah, yeah. Cuz actually
1: I think we can this we can cover this movie fairly.
0: I agree. I agree. There's a lot of quickly. amazing stuff in here, but because because it is a, like a truncated version of a of a more comprehensive longer novel, yeah. I do think we can cover some ground.
1: There's a lot left out. So, a lot. A left lot. Out. Left out. <laughs> but I think the bits that stay Yeah. are strong enough to support a feature length film. I totally
0: agree. It's a great movie. Oh, it's but uh, let's before we talk about movies, let's talk about radio, Carl. Um, Shall we? What are we doing today? Today we're
1: heading over to Michelle Perez's show on WTCM in Traverse City. Uh, she started a new segment where she is pulling in um, local Northern Michigan folks, um, mostly podcasts and creative types, mm-hmm. um, just to talk about local local art, local music, local like what are people around the Northern Michigan area doing? Right, and it's a full segment on her show i think it's a 12 minute segment um we're gonna be on there twice um so today we're going for our first um our first like interview essentially so this is our first live radio which is pretty awesome
0: it's super cool (laughs) last
1: year just before the pandemic hit we had our our first big like quill and filmies at my sister's house where we had like some
0: press coverage there which was pretty cool it was excellent
1: and then pandemic hit and sort of
0: Less excellent. It's less
1: excellent, but we, you know, you you and Bert kept the show going, Mm -hmm. and then I was able to come back on a few months after that, and we sort of like I don't we didn't limp along. We were making full length episodes. Yeah,
0: we we definitely (laughs) like the the output during the the early part of the pandemic was not as high as previous seasons had been because logistics and because it was the pandemic, and you all lived through it too, and it was pretty heavy stuff. But um. But yeah. this
1: feels like, I mean, we've got three episodes now. This is the third time I've been at the studio. In studio, right. At the FZK, for real. And we are like a rocket ship, baby. Like, now we're going to go on this show right. with Michelle Perez and talk about our show and highlight other local podcasts, which is interesting because I couldn't really think of any, which...
0: I found I have an answer which might
1: be no, what's cool cuz that is a huge opportunity. Yeah. for not only our show but other local shows that are out there to get like what the fuck are we doing? We're all in our own little our own little pockets like I want my podcast to be great and listen to my show like right. why there should be more of a
0: and that's a why, community
1: of people that are like help bolstering each other or like being on each other's shows. That's why or, I love
0: every time we do the every time we do an episode now, I love shouting out Cassandra's show. Yeah. And I know like pretty frequently throughout. Throughout like the years. I've and we know her out. show
1: because she found our show. That's that, that whole like.
0: Po- yeah. Yeah. Like ho- like podcasters kind of like bumping into each mm-hmm. other and we're showing up on each other's shows like sh- we're going to have Cassandra on our show later in the yep. later in this season. But how interesting
1: is that that like the shows that we are now familiar with that we've bumped into none of them are local or even from Michigan
0: right yeah 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 we have i one of the things that that we'll end up talking about on the radio show today is a a huge amount of our listener feedback and interaction comes from overseas yeah so like we've got uk listeners yeah yeah yeah. so um and then if you're curious about starting your own podcast that's something i think as well that will be a topic of conversation on the radio show so like how to get started what do you need to know and basically like starter kit advice how yeah. do you how do you get this going so i'm dude i'm pretty excited, I'm pretty to get excited. Into like my I, I love
1: my, my uh because i was going to teach i still will be teaching um a class for the old town playhouse in the future at some point about like introduction to podcasting sure from the like not so much the technical side of it but more the you know putting together the show what's the idea and the one thing that always boils, bubbles to the surface for me is find something that you are like the most excited in the world about. Right. And talk about that thing. Yeah. You don't have to be an expert on it. No. You don't have to be like the discerning voice or a Gordon Ramsay. You can just be... Passionate. Passionate about it. Whatever it is. If it's lint. I love dryer lint. I guarantee you there are at least a handful of people in this world that are about... Dryer Lint. I
0: was going to say, like, how many podcasts about Lint do you think there are? Cause
1: Zero, but I bet there's at least 100 people out there like, you know what? If there was only a show Every about Every day I, Lint, s- I
0: just keep searching Spotify. I go, you know, I go all <laughs> podcasts and shows, Dryer Lint. Not a goddamn not one.
1: A, not a GD one of them. Well, if let- there are, there are explicit, and I don't like GD
0: swears. <laughs> GD swears. I don't like that explicit tag. There is one. <laughs> there is one, but all fucks and poops. Dust bunnies. I listened to it the one time, and it was filth. It was pure filth, and I... Well, alright, listen, I think you're being a little bit judgy there, R- Robert. Ro- but, uh... Robert. But hey, buddy, you can start your very own But see the need. Fair, There, free See name. the
1: need, fill the need is That's the right. other one. If you are... That was my second bit of advice. Yeah, find the thing that you're passionate about and talk about that. Or if there's a show that you're a topic that you're always trying to find a YouTube video for or a podcast on, and this is like a barren <laughs> wasteland and there's only like one or two kind of shitty things out there on it, like dryer lint. For right, instance. right. Well,
0: hold on. I was. <laughs> I was then I
1: make a show about
0: dryer lint. I couldn't get off it, and I was like, I was like, and it would be hilarious if they were like a Michigan local, because then you could the intro music would yeah. just be like.
2: the dryer sound (laughs) and then it goes
0: and now live from the studio it's lint in flint (laughs) today we're talking about it's about lint traps in fire safety now i don't (laughs) did you and lint's got all sorts of practical purposes did you know if you've just dried excuse me if you've just dried a load of white cotton t-shirts that is just prime fire starting lint you scrape that up and you roll it in petroleum jelly now you can get this for just a dollar if you get the great value off brand and if you mix dryer lint with petroleum jelly and then put it into a pill container you know once you're done with your anxiety medications or whatever you put it all in there and then you can also use those for windproof matches and that right there that's perfect fire starter dryer lint could save your life. I would listen to the show.
1: I'm not saying doing an hour episode. No, no. These are
0: like 10 minutes.
1: These are 10, 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like shorts. And that's the other thing. You don't have to have a two and a half hour an episode podcast like Measuring Flex. Right. We do that. You don't have to do that. In fact, we
0: recommend you don't. Don't do that. It's don't exhausting do that. Do sometimes. Do hour, 45 minute <laughs> yeah. episodes. Tops.
1: Six hour episodes on rape movies is probably not the way That
0: can get to, to be a lot.
1: Especially it can be a little harrowing. Yeah, and then you, we don't see each other for a month because right. we can't look each other in the eye yeah. Anymore. your
0: show and you're like listeners head to patreon and they're like what joys await us and it's like I spit on your grave all of them in a row yeah. <laughs> each one was two hours long and they're like I just I was so dead inside <laughs> 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 oh yeah but that's that's the beauty of a podcast you we'll
1: over or under that I talk about a lint podcast on the
0: radio show today uh, I'm gonna say like I'm gonna give it even money <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's a pretty good bet
0: all right so uh, let's Let's dive. Speaking of things like gambling. You can gambling, have
1: segmented. segment about pocket lint. Yeah. Belly button lint.
0: Well, no. Eye lint. Belly button lint. lint is actually not technically lint if you get down to it. Now, it does contain lint. I have dissected belly lint <laughs> to find out. And it is primarily a greasy subcutaneous substance known as smegma. Now, most people think that smegma just appears between your toes. Now, that's, that's a common misconception. <laughs> like, dude, I'm telling you. I'm there. It's there. Maybe not even 10. Maybe you give me like like the the lint minute the lint minute the l- free that even rolls off the it tug it does dude give me the lint minute tug what the tug. <laughs> no that's a different podcast yes, rolls, rolls off, off the, the tug is a uh, oh, where we just it's... we just interview adult performers or like
1: <laughs> that, that specialize in in just solo
0: <laughs> only solo and or tug jobs <laughs> give me 5 on that that'd be a nice quick interview yeah, be like yeah. hey what's... i can't
1: usually get more than 5 <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I'm telling you, man. This cut- we're gonna get kicked off the radio, <laughs> probably. Be like, <laughs> she she's been on the show twice. She knows what she's. In I know, for. like she's she's done the show two times, and she was still like, "Come on in, where the FCC can hear." We're like, are you sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, are we gonna drink as much as we did when you were?
1: on I don't remember the last ten minutes of the
0: Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> So speaking of which if you want to hear what Michelle Perez sounds like when she ain't on the radio by the way you got to take two drinks Carl and I are both um both stripping excellent Beetlejuice Thank shirt. You. Bro. Thank you. Very good. Um, uh, We did two episodes with Michelle Perez. I think last season before last. Yeah. Um, we did the Poseidon Adventure and the Towering Inferno and you can find both of those on Spotify or iTunes or wherever podcasts are caught. So Without further ado, because we do have to go to the radio. Uh, yeah, I know. Point, <laughs> let's dig into uh, 1983's *Christine*, dude. Right up top. First off, first off, thank you for recommending this movie. Because oh I had never fucking pleasure. seen it, and there's something about staring at gorgeous cars from the '50s for hours that I just can't get enough of. Right? Yeah. Which is ironically something we'll talk about in this episode and, and the, the next, next episode. But um, those opening credits, man. John Carpenter has a real touch for opening credits. I was I'm, I'm reminded of Halloween. Yeah, where you get like, "Here comes the pumpkin," and it's just the pumpkin, and it's slow, 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 yep. and behind it you go,
2: nah, 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 nah,
0: nah, 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 and it's just that simple synth Halloween mm-hmm. score as the pian- or as the the pumpkins coming toward us. Real minimalist intro that. Gives you kind of a flavor And there's an ominous feel When you're not given a lot of spectacle to look at I'm thinking in particular To now shit on Wes Craven a little bit Because I gave him too much kudos earlier Um, And he wasn't even involved in the movie But it was like Nightmare on Elm Street 3 or 4 When they do like that weird sex scene intro credits yeah too much i don't need to see a lot during the credits because nowadays i feel like they give you stuff to watch during the credits because they expect you to be bored whereas john carpenter's like pay attention to these names please it's
1: the most wasted two minutes in a lot of film where that's your opportunity to one give credit where credit is due but also start you set the tone right away right what what are you in for here?
0: Too much flash in the opening credits yeah. is off-putting. Mm-hmm. now nothing in the opening credits can be very boring but here it's not
1: but because all oh, we we don't get the score we get black screen and an engine starting that's it well we get the big, over we get the Plymouth V the Plymouth and it v. says
0: John Carpenter's Christine and but then that vanishes
1: and we get <laughs> over over title cards for a good Gordon, 30 seconds 40
0: seconds John Stockwell <laughs> Alex Alexander- and that's, yeah it'll give you a little rev here and there yep. but but John carpenter literally just lets you sit with the sound of like a purring detroit engine you know what i mean that big v8 that big oil sucking (laughs) environmental disaster two
1: miles to the gallon two gallons
0: to a mile but like dude but but it's weird because as you're sitting there you become aware that like you are perfectly comfortable to just listen to that engine purr. there's something dude i'll say this again and again throughout this movie I, i don't think i've ever seen a car sexualized so effectively, but also, like, kind of ominously. Yeah, there's
1: pretty much a striptease tease in about the halfway point. The uh, show-me moment. Yes, dude. Very much...
0: It's that. it's completely stripped It's very much stripteasy Even the music in some parts it of this It gets a little like
2: that <laughs>
0: Bird and I have been watching a lot of Or had, had been watching a lot of um, Twin Peaks and I have mm-hmm. all of the soundtracks For every season on my iPod Because I just love the music of Twin yeah. Peaks so much It's that weird like It's that jazz that doesn't exist in the real world outside. It's called doom jazz, which is like that real smoky, like it's a little off-putting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that It's smoky and it makes you feel like all of a sudden you have a drink and a cigarette. Yeah. Like how did I get rye whiskey? You're like, "Mm, well, (laughs) exactly. And like, no matter where you are, a woman walks in. That's, Always gonna be out of reach like it's yeah. That kind of music and and that I think That's what plays when Christine starts putting herself back it is. Together at it that absolutely point. is and there's A couple I read something really cool um, Keith Gordon the actor who plays Arnie I read this on IMDb and As a performative note he His like um, Self direction for the Arnie Character was every time he was Around Christine or interacted with Christine he always treated the car, Christine, as though she were actually a woman. So every part of the car that he interacts with or touches at all, he has a specific part of a woman in mind. So when he when he touches the steering wheel, that's a part of a woman's body in his head, and that's directing his physical performance. And when you watch it, you can tell.
1: Wow, that really informs the end. When I mean, that's we'll talk, fast... don't spoil yeah, it, man. The... I gotta,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that is a. Dude for exactly. I got the same note man, but like there is there's no way to not see that and in such a such a moment of like visceral violence death and Fear and but but at the same time there is that little moment and and Christine is when Arnie dies and Pops back on and starts playing that old rock and roll love song Mm
2: mm-hmm
0: Excellent use of score
1: in this. That's what I was going to say next, too, because we get that that very... Well, not silent. There's a roaring uh, V8 going up, but the we don't get music over the opening title cards until it's George
2: Thurgood.
1: What a great way used, to come in. It's been then. used in like so many fucking movies, like Terminator 2. Never better. But, what, but never better than here because... It plays perfectly with what we're seeing. It's a bunch of 1954. Eight er,
0: you know, no, no. It, they, this would be. This is supposed to take place in '84. You said
1: no. This the movie takes place in the '70s, 70, like '78, '79. Okay, 79, so it was shot in '83. Shot 83, in '83, but it yeah. takes place in yeah, because it's like late '70s. He's because like, he even mentions at one point, "Hey, best of whatever 1979, like the graduating class." They do.
0: Whatever. They and they also give us like a little, you know, like you know Springfield, Illinois, 1980. Whatever. Exactly. Um, it was uh. In this one, I I thought this was pretty cool because they jump us forward in time. What we start with is a bunch of um, Plymouths going down the assembly line. They're all
1: white except for
0: one, which is that Primo Mm. Plymouth Lab. They don't
1: even make that painting. Candy
0: Apple Red. Oh my God. Bad to the
1: bone playing while you have this assembly line of white cars and now one red one coming down the line.
0: You you know what, man? Like everyone, myself included, gives. Tarantino so much credit for score selection or or for soundtrack selection and I'm and again I won't take a thing away from him because he like he he reinvigorated so many songs by putting them in really cool moments in movies but honestly I think John Carpenter's ear for it's more it's
1: more Stephen King actually because in his books every single like I'm reading the stand right now like every fucking book every chapter has at least one if not more chunks of lyrics from different songs that match what you're about to read or counterpoint them in some way. And I feel like all of the songs that Christine plays, it's been a minute since I've read the book, but I feel like all the songs that she plays on the radio to indicate her mood or what's about to happen are mentioned in the books. Those are Stephen King's picks for I think the George Thorogood is probably a John Carpenter note, but right
0: because I know we do get the factory scene in the yeah, book, but yeah. but it's not at the beginning. No, and it's uh,
1: and when she does play. I'm gonna tell you how it's gonna be. Is the song that that uh, that she first plays on the radio?
0: And you get the you know, and there's I, I love how, and you're right, you're right. Now I'm remembering because he in the beginning of a lot of Stephen King books, in that that like igno- that um, permissions page at the beginning. Yep. There'll be like fifty musical licenses because he likes to quote from yep, music so exactly. much. Exactly. And when you're Stephen King and you have a trillion dollars, you can be like, "I'm the
1: Beatles." He he, I think he probably uses the Beatles, like "Hey Jude" in the Dark Tower, like right is an integral part of the <laughs> right, fucking. Right. And you can't be just anybody and have huge chunks of "Hey Jude" and not pay Paul. Yeah, you know, Paul's
0: <laughs> Paul's getting a check from yeah. from Mr. King, but uh, I think that I think. Between King and Carpenter. Yeah. The the, the song selection and the timing it's miserable in
1: this house.
0: I know. I you can't decide what's you happening. You never know. It's it's freezing I'm cold. Drape it. See, just now, yeah, I was like, I'm too hot. It's like a shawl. I like it. I do. It's you've got you've got a real Napoleonic slash oh, I was thinking Victorian more like- marm thing going on. Yeah, this is very like Prissy nineteen fifty squeaks. exactly.
1: I'm cold, all Drake put jacket around my shoulders.
0: Oh yeah, we could go that route too. Yeah. like, a, like a, a southern I got your varsity, I got your varsity jacket wrapped <laughs> around, around my shoulders. My varsity jacket is, look, I wasn't very good at sports, Carl. It's it's really can, more of a you know, hoodie. It's
1: more of a, it's more of just a jacket.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was technically like a varsity age. I made
1: up my own shit. I put theater and band on the back of my.
0: Theater and band? Yeah. Did you really have a varsity jacket with theater and band? Yep.
1: Well done, sir. Thank you. And I put my state medal, because, you know, band goes to, like, state yeah. things, yeah, and yeah. you get little medals for it. I put those on my varsity jacket.
0: Well, hey, bro. you were Look, you were yeah. racking up points for your school, too. I didn't wrestle. I don't really remember how high school worked, honestly. I think it had to do with points, and, like, the school with the least points, they killed everyone. Yeah. Is, that, <laughs> is that... Did that... School they had like different. a Hunger
1: Games and the one person <laughs> yeah. left got to go to the good school.
0: Right, yeah. Everyone else went to community college. <sighs> <laughs> um, no, but I love I love that we start with all, all you need to know about the entire movie is a I'm line. already too hot. Is a, I know. It's horrible. <laughs> is a, All you need to know about the movie is a line of white Belvederes yep. with one red Belvedere and George Thorogood singing Bad to the Bone. And now you have the premise. Yep. You're done. You are in, in one second.
1: Absolutely. And any sort of suspension of, of disbelief, it takes care of it. I don't know. It's just so... When you, when you say, hey, what's Christine about? It's about a, a car that kills people and can... Re- con- There's It's goofy as shit.
0: The, the guy who wrote the script, when they pitch... By the way, Stephen King was so hot at this moment that this film was already starting to shoot before the novel was done. That's incredible. So before... Um, before he agreed to write the script Someone went to this guy I can't remember his last name Unfortunately His name is Bill something The guy who wrote the script um, And he shares a writing credit With Stephen King obviously But uh, they went to him And they're like We want you to do a movie About an evil car And he was like Fuck yeah <laughs> Yeah Oh you're serious There's a lot of money in On the table here It's like Herbie but bad. It's like Herbie meets Halloween, directed by John Carpenter. And he's like, I'm going to not do that. Yeah. So they gave him the manuscript of Christine, the book. And they're like, okay, read this and get back to us. And he was about, he said he was about halfway I through the book say, when yeah. he was like, oh, no, this is actually like really amazingly good. Yeah. And that's how he agreed to do it. And it's more of that power of Stephen King. I think his adaptation is really interesting because yeah. the. St- we talked a little bit earlier about how there is stuff that is absent from the movie yeah. that is definitely in the book. Um and a and, lot
1: more of it has to do with his home life in the book that doesn't yeah. get it gets implied a lot in the film, but there's a lot more like there's a lot more abuse that he goes through. At home. It's much more and at school. Like we yeah, yeah, see yeah. some of it, but it, this is much more So I read Rage recently.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember
1: and so it's there's a lot more of that kind of like verbal abuse and a lot of it not necessarily physical but there's a lot of bad barney you were a fucking a no good whatever he gets it from his parents the only person he doesn't get it from and that's something about king too is like even in carrie like you'll have all of the bullies but you'll have that one good friend Too snell it's, yep exactly mm-hmm. and the good friend is always the last person you would expect to be the best friend right Arnie is the super nerd he's always picked on but it's this it's the class jock it's the senior who could possibly get the football he's scholarship the, he's the football
0: star and, yeah and in, in Christine Sue Snell is she's not like the the HBIC but she's in, but the she's circle in of popular that circle girls.
1: she's at the cool kids table but she takes Carrie under her wing same here where it's the person you least expect is the one that's the best friend and not doing it for the wrong reasons, doing it because they actually care about the person.
0: Well, Stephen King has said on record that he never trusted Sue Snell's motivations.
1: Oh, fair. His- I mean, going through the book, it's hard. Yeah, but... Like, um, oh, man. In the movie, they make it less...
0: Yeah, yeah, it's...
1: Less, so it's more... Like, it's yeah. Same here, too, yeah. and
0: Christine, I, I do think... It's funny, Bird and I were talking about this. Um, I know that
1: he, he, um, he doesn't necessarily regret being arnie's friend more in the book but he does struggle more with what am i doing with this kid he's kind of worthless like he struggles a bit more with that internally
0: and as he's i remember in the book as arnie starts to decline there's more of like uh the the conflict of like do i just cut cut this guy loose right which is why
1: at the end of the book there's a, a little bit more we get a bit of a tag at the end of this where they're like you know a real hero would have saved arnie yeah yeah i mean there's a lot i mean he the dealing with like the regret of not being able to should have done something sooner had I known that it would have ended like this. I thought
0: the difference in the end was one of the very striking things about yeah. Christine. It's it's I'm not sure how I feel about it, but when we get there, hopefully we can dig into it a bit. Um, Bert and I were talking about this in the car the other day, and one of the things about film adaptations that is always... Well,
1: they don't survive in the book, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think the best friends survive in the book. I'm I'm, I'm not sure if I'm remembering
0: the end of the book. I think they do. Right. But Arnie is not there. Arnie's not in the car. Arnie's like, Arnie's driving his parents somewhere else. And Dennis finds out at the end of the book that at the same time that Christine was, that he, that Dennis was locked in, Dennis and uh, Lee were locked in this like life and death battle with Christine at the same time that was happening. Um, Arnie like jerks the wheel and Drives that's right his whole family Essentially that's right into yep. like a, I can't remember if it's like into a tree or into a Semi but he kills everyone in a car crash that's Right and it's implied In the book that doing that was his only way of like str- helping dennis fight christine or something like that where he, he take
1: that connection away
0: yeah like snapping the connection would like somehow weaken her. I, and again i haven't read christine since late college but i yeah. arnie's definitely not present at the final conflict he he at, dies in just like a regular car accident.
1: it makes for it's better filmmaking to have him in the car
0: definitely and i think this is an interesting thing that we can talk about with this movie which is it's that it's the same thing that you always talk about when you talk about a book versus the movie, Mm -hmm. which is the best parts of Christine, the book are absent from the film Yep, because they would be really boring to look at. Yeah. A lot of it is like internal struggle. That's always
1: the case, right? It's always the internal stuff where the more
0: subtle beats that you can't really, there's a different pace to a novel, you know, like it's something that you read over the course of a day or Five days, or a week, or a couple weeks, and mm-hmm. you really have a lot of time to explore and dig and let things unfurl. And one of the beauties of Christine the book is that the way that Arnie starts to gradually slip into the that kind of like greaser, she's calling everyone shitters, yep. get that is so beautifully paced in the book it's so subtle it's so gradual that you only start to pick it up like after it's already begun yeah and one of the the only and again this is only because i read the book
1: the next day he's like no glasses and wearing a black jacket and now christine's already fixed we get a little bit of
0: we have to you know It's, it's and that's one of the stumbling blocks of hollywood it always has been is when you have two hours let's say being generous if you're making a movie longer than two hours that better not be an adaptation you better have a vision for a film that is that long absolutely because if you're just trying to cram a book the whole book into a film you're gonna fail and it's gonna be boring and suck so this movie comes out to be an hour 40 something
1: yeah just over an hour and a half it was 111 minutes I think was the runtime on Amazon. all right
0: so and that's that is just about perfect for this film yep but by necessity in order to get us to the cool shit, we gotta get up and running. Which means you gotta turn Arnie from like... Oh mom the garp. I mean like I wrote down you know, The trash bag Loses its guts Arnie is splashing Through the puddle Like a cartoon character Like splish splash splish. Oh man I dropped my books And oh mom Let me take the
1: It's every trope Of the nerd character In every television show And every movie You've ever seen Yeah exactly He can't get his locker open right. He's nervous around the girls He right. can't get his Keep his glasses on Thick he glasses gets, Bullied incessantly He gets incessantly. beat up in shop he, get, he can't get along With his parents
0: Yeah dude That one 50 year old High school kid Was oh, like yelling
1: 47 year old high schoolers and this
0: is douglas warhit as bemis i believe we are both talking about the guy who uh she looks smart but she's got the body of a slut yeah oh <laughs> my god dude 1983
1: smart, was a different, body of a slut yep diff- diff- that's i have different kind of high schoolers
0: <laughs> you know what though i don't especially for movies from the 80s I don't even mind old-looking high school students anymore. Now I'm almost, like, there for it a little. It, like, yeah,
1: it was absolutely. I mean, what was it we were watching Sleepaway Camp? Yeah, where yeah. all the campers were, like, in their mid to late 30s. We were, like, joking, like,
0: AARP members. <laughs> yeah, They're like, exactly. oh, no, I'm at the wrong camp. <laughs> I was going to the... The place to die, Sunny Acres. Down this well, I guess I'll stay here.
1: Oh, is that Sunny Acres? I thought this was a retirement community. I can't
0: have ham. My doctor said my cholesterol's too high.
1: They you have know? ham at every meal. Yeah, man, it's, it's like, a
0: summer camp, bro. Yeah. Hey, you want to do? <laughs>
1: That's like eight cents a pound for that shit. Let's so. do
0: some. Let's do some uh, hot dogs over the fire. I can't have that many. Sp- <laughs> sulfites nitrates <laughs> the nitrates are bad they conflict with my medications and you're like i don't know if this is a teenage summer i don't know okay but the, camp, the only but... kid there is, is it wheelchair <laughs> that's,
1: that's horrible because it should be <laughs> well oh that, i don't but not in the 80s no
0: was. no you just i'm sorry you just flashed you just flashed me back to the best kill in any and, well friday, that was thinking friday film.
1: the 13th was, i think it's the second one yeah. where the dude goes backwards down the Un- stairs forwards
0: oh sp- no uh, i think it is forwards yeah. <laughs> yeah he takes a machete to the dome and then jason just to be like I guess I'll do this too. Just shoves him down like two hundred yards of wooden stairs. It is a dummy flopping around with a machete in his head. It's one of the head. best
1: things ever. Because we said camp. That's why I was thinking that I wasn't trying to make an insensitive joke. Lake, I was camp yeah. crystallizing it.
0: Is sleepaway camp the one where the dude gets that huge pot of chili? And yes. Like melts yeah. His...
1: Yeah. He's like trying to touch a fourteen-year-old breast, and then like gets <laughs> it's a thousand gallons of piping hot chili. Look, he gets what he him. deserves, yeah. and it is kind well, of. Well, he's a... on a stepladder stirring a silo full of <laughs> chili.
0: I know. I remember us being like... It's a
1: super goopy effect, too, of the burn, which is yeah, really fucking cool.
0: Any... No, that's that's a problem I had with... Not a problem. I had... Okay, I'll, I'll even call it that. I had two parts of Christine that were, like, almost there but didn't quite work Sure. For me. One of them is... And again, I, I, know, I understand why they did this, but Arnie's evolution is too fast. Yeah, it I It just agree. is, you know, like, and I, I, you have to do it that way. Maybe you could have pumped the brakes a little or made it a little more subtle, or maybe it has to do with Keith Gordon's performance, which occasionally is a little. And Christine's
1: evolution, too, because he was, he drives a car around in different states of repair. Right. He has to, he has to repair her fully, I believe, in the book before she is able to no
0: he j- it just needs to be moving and I as I right, I right and as I recall the the odometer rolls backwards backwards the more yeah. which they notice as they're driving the car the first time there I think Dennis points it out He's like oh the odometer's running backwards You can't even you know like oh even that's broken you know the odometer right. but every at the near the end after buddy Repperton and everyone smashes the car all up um he go, he takes her out back in the junkyard and pushes her. 'Cause every mile that he pushes her, it fixes it. Fixes something. The, yeah. And I remember it like really takes a toll on him in the book. He's like always worn down in these dark circles, and it's cause he's incessantly pushing this like five, six, seven thousand pound car That's around the junkyard. Yeah. And it's it be, it's that Stephen King character thing where like someone becomes so obsessed that they begin to sacrifice their body yeah. to it. Like, um have you ever read uh I think it's called Dolan's Cadillac?
1: Oh my god. It's the one where yeah. the
0: the the teacher his family gets murdered by this mobster, so he joins a road crew just to learn all the machinery and get his body. So he can up. bury
1: the fucking He digs yeah. a
0: grave, but like there's this thing, he knows Dolan's coming down this stretch of highway, so he has to hurry. And in hurrying, he throws his back out. But he's like, Fuck, I'm so close I can't stop. So even though his back is like he's got a slipped disc, he keeps working through the agony, his hands are shaking and he's seeing black spots. And it's that thing of like sacrificing your physical health. To make this like evil, yeah. wicked thing come to it's the, pass, it's
1: like the the price that you pay, but the price you're paying is still coming in under what the ultimate. I mean, if you're going to murder somebody,
0: right, right, and the I, price
1: you pay is is not enough.
0: And I kind of think that's the question that Stephen King poses with that character type or trope that he keeps right. coming up with. And I also think that that is. Uh, one of the metaphors that he works with for his own struggles mm-hmm. with addiction. Oh yeah, which absolutely. is like. And okay. Nick
1: Christine was in the height of his
0: cocaine and yep. alcohol abuse. Yep, and I, you can kind of see it too. Because what do you get? You get this this kid who's like he's getting surly, and he's his personality's changing, and his health is declining, but he keeps making this beautiful car. Mm-hmm. And it's that book, man. It's like he's he's do he's banging coke. He's drinking a case of beer or more a night. And yet at the end of the day, he's got Cujo. Yep. Or he's. He doesn't remember. He doesn't writing. remember writing most of Cujo. Yeah. But, but it, and that's the fucked up thing where, you know, he's getting these. And the characters, too, especially Arnie, you keep getting these cross signals where it's like everyone's looking at Arnie and going like, this car is bad for you. But Arnie keeps looking at the car and going, do you guys not see how beautiful how my beautiful car my is? How beautiful my car is, yeah. And no one, It's dude, it's really pretty cool. I'm it's- watching
1: this movie again and we joked about it when we were talking about the love bug, but the parallels between these two movies are... They're undeniable, definitely, especially with the Buddy Hackett character and his couple of dissertations on the amount of love and attention that we paid to things, yeah, and expecting that sort of love and and in return. And we get it, we get it more from Christine than we get it from Herbie the Love Bug, but they are definitely kindred spirits
2: of
0: a piece yeah oh they're of a piece you could almost watch them as a double feature I was delighted now see I think that you could watch I totally and I agree I absolutely agree but one of the things I love I know you've seen the next one too now yeah one of the things I most love about this month is how beautifully these movies are dovetailing together and I'm almost bummed because I know what the last one is there's no way but it will though it'll find a way because it's Stephen King Stephen King right 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 (laughs) (laughs) but i i was thinking this morning when i i just uh i watched christine twice by the way that's how much i fucking dug this flick um in the second time just finishing it just now having watched our next film which i we always tell you guys what the next one's going to be anyway so we're going to watch two lane blacktop and talk about it next week having watched that the night before i was like christine and two lane blacktop are almost a perfect double feature I can see they're like right they both deal with the same thematic stuff but they come at it from totally different directions made in two totally different eras like but if you spun one and then the other you know in either direction you'd be like I can't believe how similar this the same type of ground that they cover because really the broader stuff that these two movies Christine and Tulane Blacktop both talk about are kinda also in the neighborhood of addiction anyway. Passing around a fourteen-year-old girl. Yeah, there's some of that yeah. going on <clears> too <throat> in the <laughs> in. Uh,
1: that's a little awkward. In that
0: their movie, that's that's one of the weird things about watching any high school flick. Yeah, you know, because you're like. You're like Arnie Cunningham is sixteen. He's 17. sixteen,
1: and they're talking about getting laid and stuff, and that's like what you did when you and were you in remember, high school. Yeah. Oh my you, god, you dude. were there. Yeah. I
0: was there. We were all there.
1: Yep i I was the poor. I was a poor kid that didn't, you know, have sex for the first time until I was in the like later. <laughs> I won't give a specific age, but it was not high school. But I was I was that kid that sat in the back. In math class, and would accidentally fall asleep and have a half-wet dream, and then get called up to the board gotcha. with like
0: damp pockets. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: it's
0: interesting. There's a Forever Midnight repeat caller. Could they call Sloppy Pockets for almost ex- oh <laughs> for almost exactly that same reason? Um, <laughs> no, dude. I uh, I was the same way. For some, f- I can't even remember now. At like 30, where I'm like, you know what? You were pretty stupid in high school, but in yeah. high school, I had this weird thing in my head where I'm like, "Nope, no way, not until college." Yep. Everything else, but no, we got to save the big event for college. And then it was like, college second day.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, well, dude, when you're when you're 18 years old and you're just like full up to the eyeballs. Oh my god! You yeah. know, you're like, you know, your brain just goes. Yep. You get the dial tone and you wake up like a week later. You're like, what the fuck? But like watching watching a
1: flick like this or even more some like Trojan Wars or um oh what's the one with Jennifer Love Hewitt where it's the senior party and everyone's trying to get late. Those two like movies are one of a kind. Trojan War is a guy's at a party. Right. Senior in high school, and the girl he likes is like, We can have sex today, but you tonight, this party, but do you have a condom? And he's like, I don't. So he goes around with all his buddies at the and like, do you have a, It's like when Harold and Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Right, right,
0: right. It's exactly. It's the it's same comedy plot of errors. Yeah, and this
1: dude has to go to Seven Eleven or whatever to buy condoms so he can have sex with his high school crush, and then the adventure. Ensues, right? It's that love. Mis- like, I love that. It, yeah. But like watching it, I, I tried to watch it again recently. And I'm like, it just felt awkward as fuck. I'm like,
0: Ooh. When was the last time you spun American Pie, Carl?
1: Oh, I can't. I <laughs> tried saying? I tried a couple of years ago and I'm like, oh, I don't feel good about this anymore. But when you're like 20, 21 forever. or whatever, you know, when you're within five years of right. of graduating, you're like, you're still like you're still there. Yeah. You know, mentally, like I was only a couple years ago as a senior right, in high school. Right. I knew plenty of people that were dating like college freshmen and sophomores when they were sophomores and, and seniors in high school. My wife is ten years my junior, right? So like sure, yeah, yeah. It's all about the length of time and where you are pre- presently Correct. makes a big difference. Ten
0: years difference is not a big issue unless Thirty and forty. Yeah, yeah. unless <laughs> you're twenty, because then it's a huge, huge deal. difference. Huge right? difference. Yeah. So <laughs> let's not
1: let's not confuse the issue.
0: Oh no, no, no. But
1: when context you, is But key. when you're forty three and you go to spin something like American Pie or the Trojan right, right. War, you, it feels a little bit like you're like you're watching something you shouldn't be or or you're it feels more voyeuristic almost like I'm going to watch these high schoolers talk about sex. It it's, might it's, be it's the, a little
0: dirty, a little weird distance. And it's I think some of it's the distance. from. And it. also,
1: I don't get get it anymore.
0: Right. Right. Because you're not there anymore. Right. You know, you're in a different different spot. You yeah. Know?
1: It doesn't land. Uh, and the humor doesn't land anymore. For those
0: of you who have not seen Christine, this is mostly what we're talking about is going to be in Tulane Blacktop next time. Yeah. It's kind of absent in this. This is mostly just They like, have a
1: couple of conversations about, you're a senior, we need to get you laid.
0: Right, right.
1: That kind of stuff. But it's it's no different than any other conversation that...
0: And that was something I wanted to bring up earlier, too, when we were talking about the uh, the best friend character that Stephen King always writes, where it's like there's the nerdy picked-on kid, and then usually, rather than having another nerd that stands up for them, he gives them a sort of strong, air quotes, champion, maybe. Yeah, I think you know? it's
1: more of a knight and shining... It's that white knight sort of... Um,
0: and one of the one of the interesting things about not pathos, what?
1: which one of the musketeers <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: is it? Clothos? No, Clothos. that's That's Greek mythology. Yeah, uh, Kronos. Kronos. That's God of War. We're almost Fuck. there. We're almost there. No, but um, but you know what I'm saying, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like
1: that that caricature. Ethos type. Is the the word. ethos. Thank like you. Part. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he one of them? <laughs> <laughs> pathos and the Santa Maria. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and then uh, you know Magellan was there. Can only be one Magellan. I remember that That's movie. Highlander. You... What? <laughs> this is what happens when you when you uh, drink Guinness, Guinness at eleven in the morning. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> no, but that, one of the interesting things for me about the best friend character in both Christine and in um Carrie is. They're not perfect. They're Mm-mm. not like the White Knight character. Like when we meet Seuss. Well, Se- neither is Lancelot. Well, it's true. Yeah. He ends up cheating on he his. bangs k- Gwen. Yeah. He's having sex with his king's wife and then he goes totally but mad. But that's,
1: that's part of the character type of the White Knight is they are perceived as being perfect and infallible when actually they are just as fallible as the rest of us.
0: And I think that that makes their motivations really interesting. I think so, too. Like, for example, I It'd think. It'd
1: be th- just boring if they were. Galahad.
0: Right, and I think I think with Dennis in particular in this movie, Dennis's early um, interactions with Arnie are dominated by pity. Mm-hmm. He pities Arnie So he's going to watch out for him Because he feels bad for him
1: And I don't think that's necessarily An incorrect motivation Because sure. a great majority of people Would say I feel bad for that kid But I'm not going to do anything about it Because I don't care enough
0: Right What makes him a, a good guy Is his Are his actions Yeah But his motivations In a weird way If you think about it It's not even necessarily Like sympathy for his plight It's literally pity Because of his degraded state of living Where he's like right. Your parents suck You're a nerd We're never going to get you laid Like he's tr- he tries to buck him up so many times, where he's like, "Hey, you could, you could get laid." And he, there is that kind of gross conversation where they're talking about which girls,
2: yeah, he yeah.
0: could sleep with. And and Arnie's very like very critical. Mm-hmm. It's it's that same thing where it's like you know the the like. Sixty-year-old dude with you know like emphysema and a weird neck beard, and he's like three hundred pounds. One of my
1: favorite lines in this movie comes from the old man selling him the car.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, are you talking about the new car smell? Lebay, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with his with his crazy up to the chest back brace. Oh
1: my god! It's, do you know that's the fucking the shoveler from um, Home Alone? The neighbor? Is it? That's the neighbor that <laughs> that Macaulay Culkin like talks to you in the church at the end
0: he's like one of the he has the perfect face for um like harbinger character yeah. you know yeah. like to put it in cabin of the woods terms. he looks
1: almost exactly like my grandpa Mortenson, <laughs> oh, who is past but oh you know, sure yeah, ba- yeah, yeah. did they
0: did they bury him with his back brace they too? did well good
1: that's good they should have buried him with his horn Shut up, i know oh i well, had a dream about him last night you ha- actually you have his horn right my mom has his horn, and I'm going to be, uh, now that my grandma has passed, I think we're going to make sure that finds its way over here. Sure. For Suede Rainbow.
0: Yeah. Oh my God, dude. Let's get it on tape. Yep. Let's get it on tape
1: yep. 100%. Getting my teeth fixed just so I can put wind
0: through that horn. Ditto on my birthday. My first dentist trip in yeah. a decade. So we should probably watch The Dentist as one oh!
1: of our Patreon.
0: What do you think? Before we go in, just to really fuck ourselves up? I'd
1: rather watch, like, After. Dr. Giggles or something. <laughs>
0: Um. But let me really quick. Let me finish. the the yes, Dennis sorry. character. No, no, yeah. you're good. So he um. One of the things that I like about him starting from this place of pitying, um, Arnie is as the film progresses, as Arnie, like when Arnie ends up with Lee, we we see a moment pretty clearly in just physical performance, which is really cool on John Stockwell's part. But um, where Dennis becomes. He literally becomes jealous of Arnie because Mm -hmm. he doesn't, and they definitely dig into this into the book in a much more leisurely pace. But in the film, it's there too, which is sure is, which is Dennis is now. There's a weird he he has to struggle with this within himself, which is don't i wish all this success and shouldn't i want my friend to have a girlfriend well, he's a got cool the car? girl
1: everyone's talking about and the yeah, he, nice car and he's taking better care of himself suddenly arnie's
0: yeah arnie's not getting picked on his pimples have kind of faded he's looking better he's got the the, the girl that everyone wants but he's not happy for his friend. no he gets tagged he's so because he's distracted distracted
1: by that that yeah. he ends up never able to do the thing that he is really good at. Anymore.
0: It costs him. And that's one of the interesting parts about the book is how long Dennis is out of it. Yeah. Cause he's recovering from basically having his back broken.
1: I feel, okay. So side note. <clears throat> so I feel like that character is the character of Dennis yeah. was the, um, cause Stephen King refers to his brain as a filter. Yeah. Like everything that gets caught in like that sort of lint trap of his brain is what he writes. And sometimes one character that he's investing in say Dennis, right will plant a seed for another character in the future. It's like that's an interesting concept. I don't have enough time or space. It doesn't belong in this story, but let's remember that to explore later. Dennis creates the character in Monkey Shines. I've never heard red Where seeing... Monkey Shines is a, a dude he runs every day and gets he gets tagged by a car. And I think in the movie he's biplegic, but in the book he's quadriplegic. He can't he can just move like his Index finger to move his fancy chair around, right? Okay. And to help him out, his friend gets him like a, a capuchin monkey to like do menial tasks for him. Go get he can like go get beer out of the fridge. He right. can he can do tasks for him. Okay. But the monkey is fucking not right in a the Sumatran head. Sumatran
0: rat monkey, he, perhaps? He from like dead fucks
1: alive? with him. Yeah. Okay, he like okay. he kind of tortures this dude. But like whenever people come by, the monkey's fine. And nobody believes what he's saying about this monkey. It's crazy. So like that whole so a
0: man trapped inside his own body with no way to shout for help has a monkey on his back huh.
2: that's tormenting
0: huh. him, but seems to be under control when others come around. Even Interesting, though, huh, isn't it? It's almost like another metaphor.
3: Probably.
0: <laughs> I
1: love. I love. Stephen Dude, King I man. love
0: Stephen King so much. Um. So I like watching the evolution of Dennis And similarly Sue Snell She I always felt that she gives And this is kind of what happens She gives her boyfriend to Carrie Mm -hmm. For the prom I always felt like she did that Because she felt bad That in that inciting incident Where Carrie was getting really badly bullied She takes part like Seuss, she does, yeah. she throws the tampons at she her. She throws so tampons. Yeah. She chants with the rest of them, and she kind of struggles with it for the rest of the book. And then you start to question: Okay, are you doing this to assuage your own guilt, right? Or are you doing this because you made a mistake? But genuinely at heart, you're a good person. And and you get a similar mm-hmm. question with Dennis, where you're like, Are you trying to help your friend, or are you trying? And actually, right. I think it's interesting that no, um, Arnie doesn't mention it in this book or in the movie, but in the book, Arnie's constantly like. Why are you uh, even hanging out with me? Well, he's like, why, why are you trying to hold me back, dude? I finally have a good girlfriend. I finally have a cool car. I, my, I'm looking better. My parents are off my back. Why are you trying to fuck all this up for yep. me? Are you just, are you just jealous? No, man, I'm worried about you. But then you have to wonder: Are you worried about him, Dennis, or are you worried? Or are you that-
1: kind of pissed a little bit because he got the girl in his car and he's got a sweet
0: ass ride. And now you have a broken back and you're not. Yeah. His identity has been stripped from him because he was the football star, yep. and now he's in his own mind maybe nothing. Meanwhile, this nothing and nobody who he used well, to be. Well, he gets with. completely
1: removed from his entire social circle too because of how banged up he is. He's, right, he's hospital bound for like six months or something in the book. But yeah, like, yeah, it's a long time. He's bedridden. He can't. He is paralyzed for a period of time. Like right, yeah.
0: And of course, that is. There is also, like, very uh, substantial and visible evidence that Arnie is going off the fucking deep end. So yeah. it's not all, like, this weird kind of internal conflict and turmoil, but I like that that's there and that John Carpenter manages to preserve, if not all of it, at least some of at it.
1: At least some of it. Enough to to where it, it reads that way, at least. So yeah. And I dig that very much. What I don't dig uh-huh. is that fucking mom, dude.
0: She's rough. Especially She's rough. early on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I feel like it's a little bit pushed too far, I you think. think. So? A little bit. But it's like it's it's actually kind of to- I don't know how I feel about it. I almost have to give it another watch because there is a little bit of horror movie mom going on where it is ramped up to 11 where she is just she reads is almost evil. Or, where they're, yeah, where she is that sort of almost like flowers in the attic y kind of like.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know about fully evil, but I see what you're saying. But you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. You know,
1: dad is kind of like he doesn't really have any agency in the whole like dynamic of parenting. He will, yeah, he's a, you get back here and you talk to your mom about that. I She's don't. that
0: kind of like timid,
3: weak, he's a timid, dad weak dad, dad, yeah,
1: which I get. I appreciate that because I think that that works fine. I think mom, if she were just a little more subtle i think instead of the scowling the evil she almost reminds me of like mrs uh vorhees in a way like there's a little bit sure. too too much of a sharp edge to her where i feel like if there was a little bit more of a like my dad would always say this is gonna hurt me more that's gonna sure. hurt you sure, sort yeah. of a thing going um, on kind rather of like than a just,
0: false. she just feels compassion. like a cunt she, she acts like most of <laughs> and
1: I use uh, that phrase very sparingly. Oh, But I, I don't mean it's,
0: it. M- my wife loves the term, so I use it all uh, the time. Fair, but fair. um, but I think I. S- in the book she's worse oh she this. is she's much more like Carrie's mom All, yeah it's like that minus the religious level. stuff but and I think I think the issue that we bump into in the movie is the distance that her character has to travel
2: yeah you know we're like yeah. in the
0: book she starts out as like straight up like not car- you know obviously minus the religious stuff but like full on like like Nazi mom you know she's yep. just awful to her, to her Arnie really really cruel and mean to Dennis too she's like mean to his friends as well well she holds her his friends more
1: accountable for Arnie's actions than Arnie himself. Right, in like some you gotta instances. get him in
0: line, and you're like, uh, you're his mom, first of all. In the movie, I love
1: is like, thanks for the milk. Thanks like thanks for
0: the milk, and then he just leaves.
1: Scolds, scolds Arnie for a minute until he says, Go fuck off, mom, and then like laces
0: into Dennis Dude, for like another five minutes. When she turns to Dennis, he's like, I tried to stop it's him. S- well, you didn't try hard enough. Like, I'm not your kid, lady. Like, what the? F- get off my <laughs> de- <laughs> what the hell? I think in the book it works because she starts super evil and yeah. she ends in the same spot, which is like Timid and cowed by her son And in the book The transformation is startling Yeah But you have so much time To traverse the distance Between those two extremes You've got 400 pages
1: Yeah exactly Um, I
0: think I was looking back To figure out um, in the book At what point is Christine fixed And it's like 200 pages Into the Mm -hmm. book Christine's not even Rolling around killing people For half of a pretty fat novel. Yep. So you've got, when you have that kind of pace to deal with your characters, then you can do stuff like like that. And I think John Carpenter tried to shrink that distance a little bit, but I think what we're running into, and I have the same complaint, is I don't think he shrank it enough. Yeah. She started too bad and ended too timid in too short a span of time where it's the same, it's the That's Arnie If you
1: gave a little, just dulled the edge a little bit to her and start there rather yeah, than yeah, starting yeah. at 11, Starter like an eight, uh, yeah, right? exactly. And then that makes that you trim the edges a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like your, I like your. Um, this is gonna hurt me more than it hurts you. Give, give right. me like that level of bad parenting or or harsh parenting, right? Or whatever. And then, uh, and then take me from there to the sort of cowed, timid parents. Yeah. That said, that was one of the most striking moments in this movie for me was the evolution of Arnie's parents, seeing yeah. how they were at the beginning to seeing how they are the night that Arnie grabs his dad around the neck and seeing like what just Arnie's change in demeanor has wrought in yeah, his home life. They, it's pretty. St-
1: they, are, they are. They're just shells. They don't have any, especially once Arnie grabs his dad around the neck. Right. He's like, I'm going to bed now. He's completely lost any. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's now just a
0: pats him on the cheek.
3: Pats
1: him on the cheek. All right, dad. Yeah, I'm hitting. I'm hitting. hitting this, the
0: hay. I'm hitting. The, yeah, yeah, in the sack now. And he says, oh, I'm hitting the sack." And just yep. trots up the stairs. And his dad. And dad's, he knows
1: that victory march because he just completely deflated both of his parents.
0: Right. And there's that. It's a. That's a pretty intense little moment too. Get your hands off me, motherfucker. Yeah. And his it is. dad grabs him and he's like, "What'd you just say?" But then the, that quick reversal, and you mm-hmm. you can see his dad like the moment that's it that is an irreversible moment for you any can't go back and child. can't go back from there when you see fear of you in your parent's eyes that's the end of any dynamic that you and your parent had before that moment now this whole relationship is different and yep. it's kind of it's a great moment in this movie it's really well directed it's very intense it's well shot well acted and it's pretty small
1: so i'm glad you say well acted because one of my notes that repeats is And I think this is true for a lot of John Carpenter movies in particular, is they are horror movies. Yeah. A lot of them quite schlocky. Definitely. But I feel like the acting is always there. They're very well directed. I feel like he is an actor's director where it's like you get, he's got great effects people working for him, great stunt people. I mean, Christine on Fire is one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen on film. Unbelievable the gas station scene, the top five the whole, most incredible fucking
0: from the gas, from the first crash into the side of the Camaro to buddy Rapperton rolling out under the back wheel. It's
1: holy fuck. Look at both arms. I'm getting, just fully. I'm doing the same. same thing. Dude. I'm doing the
0: same thing. <laughs> oh but Carl God. and I both just got goosebumps simultaneously talking yeah. about it. It's, it is that level of well shot. It's, it's one of the coolest images I've ever seen captured on film.
1: But a lot, a lot of times, what happens is you will get that incredible flaming car shot. You'll get the great goopy gore. You'll get the great soundtrack. Right. And then you have these not so great acting moments that sort of they come. But that's what makes those movies their own special thing. Of like, sure. You make fun of them, and they're funny and goofy. And you're not
0: talking about Carpenter films right now. You're no, talking about other, films of this, of ilk. this type. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay. We're, okay.
1: Where Carpenter, unless it's like Ghosts from Mars, like
0: <laughs> you just fucking hate that movie. I hate movie, that movie man. so
1: much. But you know, of, his, of his, Tom
0: Savini did the effects for that. Oh, I know.
1: I and I love the effects in it. It's just not his best work. <laughs> it's
0: not. You're right. You're but
1: right. like, I feel, I feel like, I mean, you have Loomis, and yeah. like, there are some real. They he becomes a caricature of himself as we get into the sequel. No.
0: Sequels.
1: no. <laughs> But you get you get all of that greatness of a of a schlocky horror movie with with performances that are almost better that they better than they deserve in the type of movie that you're seeing. I agree.
0: And that's something that defines. Even John in big Carpenter. trouble
1: in Little China, it's goofy as fuck, but yeah. everyone is giving a one thousand percent honest performance.
0: Escape from New York, dude. Like, and Kurt Russell, yes. Okay, so... He's
1: playing Jack... P- Snake Plissken. He's playing Jack Burton, though. Well, he's, he's playing Clint Eastwood. Well, ex- he, yeah, absolutely. So he...
0: And, and then, obviously, this is, this is famous, but in, in Escape from New York, it's his, he bases the voice and a lot of the mannerisms on Clint Eastwood, as per Snake Plissken. Yep. And then in, it's Jack Burton in Big Trouble. Yep. And that one, he's playing John Wayne. Yep. And he does the John Wayne voice. Well, the- I've
1: seen... seen, I've been everywhere and done everything. <laughs> Right, right yeah.
0: exactly. But, you know, even with that kind of, let's say like light camp element added to his performance, he's still Kurt Russell and he's still working. Yep. You know, and I think that that's something that John Carpenter gets out of people. Is Absolutely. Even when he's pushing the... We've talked about this in the past before, like just because a movie is like a pulp movie or a drive-in or a, or a air quotes B picture, because B picture doesn't mean shitty movie that the studio didn't care about. No, it just meant it ran second in a double feature. Exactly, that's all it means. A There's like it's yeah. like the yeah most of Roger Corman's movies are B movies, and I challenge anybody to watch X the Man with X Ray Eyes and tell me that that's a shitty movie. It's not. It's fucking outstanding. Yeah, we need we, we need more Corman on the show. We do need more Corman on the show. Now, Corman made some shit. Too, oh, he like, sure
1: did. We talked about the terror.
0: Yeah. Woo! We talked about the terror. We talked about Viking women in the saga of the next century. Ser- the sea serpents, sea serpents of s- next
1: century's mall.
0: 92 latitude, 41
1: longitude. <laughs> what was the one where we watched, like, it was like a really old Kurt. Was it Russell? No. What
0: was it? I was a teenage caveman. I was a teenage a caveman. garbage, dude. That would be <laughs> fucking... Blew. But, but... And it has some pretty bad
1: animal abuse in it.
0: Horrible animal abuse. Like, actual... They like, just,
1: like stapled things onto cats And then
0: they It was yeah. like a, It was like a turtle and a lizard, and they, like, stapled shit to their heads, and they're like, now kill each other. Now kill each other. And we watched that for the show. <laughs> yeah. But the weird thing about that movie is, do you remember, like, when we were talking about it later, and we're, we're getting into, like, and, and when you... In, in the face of nuclear Holocaust. <laughs> so right, yeah. like I'm saying like it's not a, it's a it's a shitty movie but but at the end of the day it's get it's,
1: high and watch it still though. there's some stuff there yeah. man
0: like and that's what I love about the show is you run into pulpy stuff and you're rather than discount it out of hand which I think a lot of people do when you sure. watch it carefully and talk about it thoroughly you end up with like holy shit that was pretty good you can find nuggets for sure absolutely man. um speaking of nuggets uh, how'd you feel about old uh, <laughs> Dennis getting his balls crushed when he tries to stand up for that? Oh so God. again,
1: coming back to like having recently in the last year, Ugh. read Rage, which is one yeah. of the most disturbing fucking things I've ever read.
0: The only Stephen King book not currently in print at his request. And he won't. Yeah, yep. he he Every will game.
1: never do. And and I can see I can understand why. But mm-hmm. um, there's a little bit of that in this scene. This scene plays with very little, if any, score. Yeah. And it's super fucking intense, man. And the fact that the the moment that you're talking about with, with uh, Dennis getting grabbed from behind and grabbed by the Mucci. crotch...
0: Moochie's the guy who grabs yeah, him. Mucci yeah,
1: Moochie grabs him and grabs him by the crotch and squeezes his balls. You never see that in a film. You'll see somebody get, like, kneed in the balls or kicked in the balls or but never like grabbed and squeaked like that's pretty fucking aggressive
0: the only other movie i can think of off the top of my head is full metal jacket when arlie ermie yeah. grabs Gomer pile by the balls that's right he just crushes him, and he goes and uh vincent D'Onofrio hits it hits the deck and that's when you get the famous um you will not laugh you will not cry screaming in yep. his face yep and i remember the that was i saw that I, I saw this yesterday but i remember the first time i saw that i was like i can't believe that and I was young when I first saw Full Metal Jacket, but that was the first time that it, like it shocked me because I was like, I can't believe that one man would Touch grab another, another man's about, yeah. balls as a as an attack. Like just to, that just seems it seemed so fundamentally wrong. Wrong, yeah. And now every and I've seen other movies, you know, where like the bad guy will give you a crush or like you use it as a torture technique. And every fucking time I see it, Casino Royale when uh, oh, when he's whipping around, I the, think you missed. Uh, yeah. no, I have a little itch yeah, down little there. Itch oh my down god, there. that is one of the most inspired performances of all time. Daniel Craig's monologue it's so to La Shifra—it's outstanding. We should do Casino Royale for the show.
1: Well, we do that. We're open up. We're all up the of the to Bond 30-4. movies. Danielle and I just did it recently.
0: We got to hold off on it because we have to get through all the Batman's and all the Hellraisers first, yep. and all the Harry Potters and all the Hell. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got a lot of movies to watch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I got the time, and you got the beer. so You,
0: me, Guinness, big good speakers, and a couple of weekends, we can knock that shit Let's out, do it. dude. Um,
1: so. But yeah, that fight scene, that initial shop fight is pretty, it's fast. There's not a whole lot of violence that happens, but all the violence is very, there are stakes. I feel like bad dude's going to stab Arnie, doesn't when, give a fuck.
0: When Bunny, Buddy Rapperton pulls that blade, man, like... It's a movie. I'm watching a movie, and I've read this scene, and I know how this plays out. I was holding my breath watching that yep. because there's something about no t- – there's no – It. you know what? However far away for you are from high school, and we talked a little bit about that earlier. Mm-hmm. However far away you are, it does not take much to put you right back there. And I, and no one will say this because I know so many people who have this weird like glory days nostalgia for high school. I don't know if you guys don't remember this, but high school kind of fucking blew a little bit. Yeah. Okay? So check your memories. And if
1: you peaked in high school Yeah, maybe that's take all right. uh,
0: maybe take a harder look at what you've been doing since, but but it does not take much to put you right back there. And no teachers around. Yeah. Five on one.
1: You're in the shop, which is usually the furthest away from the principal's office because of the fucking noise. I, like
0: Yeah, man. And and you've been there. I've been oh, there. Yeah. We've all i I was lucky in high school. I got in one fight. I cleaned up because I'd been boxing and lifting weights for like two years at that point. So I I'd, was
1: the kid that had to like wait to walk home because if the bully was there, I was in deep shit or had to take alternate walks home. My dad shit. was the
0: math teacher, so no one fucked with me. Fair I enough. had like protection. I, he was my like protection. You it was know? more middle
1: school. Once I got to high school, that sort of wore off a little bit. But, but like, but you,
0: fuck, I'm sure you've dude. seen, you've oh, yeah. seen fights, you know, oh, where yeah. you're like you're out on the playground and it's a sporting event. So all everyone else is inside and you're like there's like five people and they're gonna fuck this kid up and like there's a crowd but there's nothing you can do because if you step in now it's you against five and that's one of the reasons you admire dennis because he he steps in gets his nuts crushed for for arnie but there's that moment where that blade pops and i never saw anything like that but i definitely saw like like a kid getting his ass handed to him grab like a bat when we were out on out on the field and you're like I don't think you understand and you know you immediately in your head you're like I don't think you understand how much damage the that implication
1: will do. That, that you're going to not the implication the you're going to break things. Yeah, if
0: you swing that someone's going to go to jail.
1: Yep. Like and, and someone could fucking die.
0: It's and dude, I like even now talking about it I'm getting yep. a little bit of that adrenaline rush in my uh-huh. neck and when in this movie when 49-year-old buddy Robertson
3: <laughs> pops oh, that
0: switchblade, man, it's it's intense. It's really intense and there's something about the the he like stabs the milk and the the lunch all blows out which is you know reflective of that trash bag falling yep. out just more of the same it's just arnie cunningham's life is a series of wet paper bags falling apart in his hands you yeah. know it's such a beautiful metaphor and it's all victimization cuz you know he's trying to get the trash out in front of his mom and it falls so his mom is the right. the, the, the the shitter there yeah. to, to borrow from, from further terms I love that scene, and especially when the shop teacher rolls in, and he's like, "Turn out your pockets." He's like, "If you think, if you think that you don't have to, you're wrong." If you think that I can't make you, and then Buddy Rapperton starts screaming in his face, and I love it. Almost reads to me like that actor lost his line and just went for it. Well, he's
1: like, "Fuck it, fuck you." Yeah, because he's just like yeah he's, he just, just like, yeah, he's just like, "I'll go for it.
0: I'll, I'll tear your, tear your new asshole, fuck." And he just ends with "fuck," and. I love that because... It's super real, dude. It feels super, real, it feels super like, real, honest. It's that frustration of Buddy Riperton knows he's cornered. Like he just went fucking crazy for like three and a half seconds. There's no way he's leaving this room snapped. with that knife in his pocket. He, yep. This is it. He knows that this is end game for his yep. high school career. And that fuck says it all. And I love that shop teacher, dude. Totally impassive. And he goes, make it easy. Turn out your pockets. I'm calling the cops. Yeah. Just look. Dude, unflappable. And that's another thing I remember. This from dude high was
1: like my shop teacher too. I think this dude, the the person that carpenter cast for shop, <laughs> we all had. That was our fucking shop teacher.
0: My guy was older, bigger, big beard. But I'm in the UP. The UP oh, is a different. We had everyone a looks different, like that. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, But no, like that's another thing to me that feels really honest in Stephen King's. High school novels, which is no matter how big a fish the high schooler is, the teacher always got him. For sure, dude. Except and in Rage, I haven't read Rage. I'm gonna borrow I'll from you. Borrow, you yeah, because
1: I got that. Uh, is it the four it, pack is or the, the b- old the collection? Books? Yeah, I've
0: tried to Pretty find it on much for it, but
1: Yeah, you it's, know it's expensive. It was worth a buck nineteen. Oh,
0: dude. I know. Wait, it was a dollar nineteen.
1: No. I've seen it recently for like forty nine. Yeah, I I've, paid one hundred nineteen for it. See, I because it's a hard, it's a hardcover. You can get this. You can get the paperback for like in
0: various states of thirty. Disrepair, but yeah. this,
1: you know, the the dust jacket's still in good pretty in condition. good condition. Yeah, I haven't seen it the for less pages than haven't sixty. Yellowed.
0: Yeah, some of the some of the paperbacks they'll run for 20 but they're beat. Yeah,
1: they're yeah. beat copies. Yeah, this is a nice this is a nice addition. I like old but...
0: library copy. Now we're just talking about Stephen King. Dude, books. Wait,
1: once we start talking about <laughs> books, that will just that'll derail us Different for a podcast. good 20 30 it's the minutes. It's one
0: minute with Stephen the Lint King. minute with Stephen King. But um no, it's I remembered this from high school where it's like there were students there, a couple kids that I went to high school with could could probably have been UFC fighters. Actually, Not to not to total like not to sidebar too far, but um, one of the kids that I went to high school with who was in my brother's class, his name's Andrew Wiltsey. I'll just shout him out. He went to school with me. Um, Joe Rogan just shouted him out on his podcast as being one of the best jiu jitsu fighters in the world. Um, and when I knew him, he was studying Krav Maga and jiu jitsu almost every day. He was a really intense kid, super cool, really great at track. (laughs) Awesome. We used to lift with him all the time, and he basically just went to like a jujitsu dojo, and just started sleeping on the floor, cleaning up. He had no job. All he did was train jujitsu every day. It is literally (sighs) like inspiring as shit, dude. dude. It's the Rocky story. That is, I want to see that movie. Yeah, for sure, man. I would totally watch a fucking movie about about Andrew Wilty. He's he was pretty intense guy. Um, but yeah, like I knew kids in high school who were built like 35 year old men.
1: Oh dude, my bully was built like a brick shit house, dude. Like this motherfucker 240 255. Yes. Like a f- just could not, level anybody. Not
0: a teacher in the building. If these if either i have two kids in my in mind. Not and Andrew was a pretty slight kid when I knew him. Mm-hmm. He's bulked up since as you might imagine. Sure. But like I have two kids in mind who not a, two or three of the biggest teachers we had and they these guys would still fuck them up one on 3, you know? Yeah. But every single time that the hammer had to come down, it was the shop teacher or our gym teacher. And they would – dude, they'd lay into kids who like – I'm like, if you yell at him like a little more, he'll kill you. Yeah. But no, it's that like – My whole- bully
1: cried when fucking – it was our gym teacher was like – um, and I don't want to – I'm not going to say his name. Sure, but, sure. But hey, f- f- you – like the uh, I believe, what, this Was this his name lacing? Fuck Fuckerton F- Fuck Fuckerton <laughs> Actually it has the same cadence And amount of syllables
0: Okay You're giving us Fuck hints Fuck Fuckerton Wow
1: <laughs> Wow, wow. <laughs> Anyone that looks at my old Like 95 high school yearbook Be like
0: Doing scansion on everyone's names Yeah scansion
1: Da 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 That's too trokey No Da da da
0: This is more of an anapest This is more anapest
2: da
1: da da and it's, it's the female trochee. No, female is, is anyway. Yeah, yeah. Now we're talking about scansion.
0: Now we are, yeah. But it's, that's okay.
1: Sure. But if you were to scan, you come for the
0: movies. You stay it's for the the, 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 the poet, <laughs> the minute poetry line readings. No, but But, yeah, but yeah. you
1: could you could scan my '95 yearbook with da, da 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 and probably come up with the you know, one of three.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And just looking at the picture. And just look at like,
1: the the one with the fat head. That I, was the one. The, <laughs>
0: the one that the mugshot that was last yeah exactly which one looks the most like a mugshot was it that <laughs> one yeah so
1: but yeah the one time that my uh gym teacher said hey dun, dun 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 yeah like what the like laced into him cried went to that like tail between his legs and shit and that was the worst beating i ever got
0: there's something <laughs> so. about being 16 though dude yeah and a and a 40 year old man comes to start yelling at you i'm 30 now and there are there are dudes like 10 years older than me who, if they came over and started scolding me, I would immediately just be like, I'm so sorry. Just because I still see them as like the grown up, you know? Yeah, exactly. Where I'm like, oh, shit. I Well, up. you
1: know that they have authority unless yeah. you totally don't give a shit, which I think a lot of times in high school it's a front because you have your own shit going on and you're going right. to act big and bad. When the rubber meets the road and there's right. actually going to be consequences that you have to deal with. When
0: the rubber meets the road. Good. Thank Good you. Segue. Thank you very you're gonna much. You're going to get us back, on, nah, back on the rails.
1: But yeah, when the rubber meets the road, you. You show your true colors, you cry, you tuck your legs, your tail between your legs, and you go to the fucking principal's office, da-da-da-da.
0: Yeah, da-da-da-da. You know who you are. Yeah, you know who you are. Scan owned. your just, name. Scan your <laughs> name. If
1: I went to high school with you, graduating class in 1995, Big Rapids, Michigan, and your name is da-da-da-da, you can Twen- go fuck yourself. 26
0: people <laughs> just ordered a poetry scansion book off Amazon. Yeah, like, like, what I just, is
1: scansion? I just need oh, to Oh, my know. bully wouldn't know what fucking scansion is. <laughs>
0: I just need to know if Carl's mad at me. <laughs> dun 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 da dun, dun. It wasn't me. No, it's dun da da dun, dun. No, it wasn't me. Mine is dun dun da dun, dun. Not me. Mine's dun dun. How do you? D- See, we're gonna get a bunch of listener emails. Like, how do you scan a d apostrophe? <laughs> <laughs> is an apostrophe count as Does a syllable? Does it part of a syllable? Well, it's how it's pronounced. Segment. So, like, if DiNofrio, for example, da dun Yeah. DiDiNofrio. DiNofrio. Yeah. There you go. That's how you scan this unaccented and accented yes. and too unaccented. Yes. All of you, I expect you to practice <laughs> over the weekend. Um, so speaking of, speaking of poetry, Carl, let's get to some rough around the, the rough around the edges poetry of Darnell and his fucking scrap shop kid. If you fucking sold him that piece of shit? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Maybe the best line. Maybe in the, the best enti- line. Darnell has my two faves. My two favorite lines are both Darnell. And the other one is all right, Jack, the ride is over. If I have to come in and get you, I'm gonna get you. Those are my two favorite lines in the movie, and Darnell says both of yeah. them. This
1: dude crops up in a bunch of 80s stuff, and I couldn't, I can't think, I couldn't think of any particular film. Like he's been in, and he's always kind of that, stuff, like, yeah, that oily, like they, the costuming. Department on this I don't think I think he just Showed up with what he was wearing that day And they were
0: and they yeah yeah they gave him like one Grease smudge just, on his cheek and they're like, like Perfect good
1: do you have any really Soggy cigars you can ch- yeah you do <laughs> You already have one perfect
0: he's like This one's almost this one no, Let me this, get
1: Another one this one's more chewing the Backy than it is anything else it,
0: it, This is that thing that mad respect that we Always have for the actor and I wanted to actually shout out Moochie too. Um, uh The guy I can't Yeah yeah okay so Malcolm Donna Malcolm, I think it's Malcolm Donahue or Malcolm Danave. One of those two names.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you're (laughs) both. No,
0: but the guy, the actor who plays Moochie. Moochie is such a fucking piece of manic shit. He's so like, he's got that like, "Ah, ah," that real like spazzy energy. Mm -hmm. And I hate him. And I, because I hate him, I love the performance. Oh yeah. Same exact thing with the guy who plays Darnell. It's Robert Prosky. Honestly, man. Darnell is such a fucking sack of sleeky scum
1: He's- he shows one moment of actually kind of being a good human and arnie shits the bed and on arnie it. shits the bed so hard on it <laughs> it's just the- like this he dude's sh- he, this- shits
0: so he shits darnell's bed he
1: shits darnell's bed
0: but i dig that
1: too though because it's not just a black and white character he has that little moment of you know, if you pick up around the place a little bit, you know, Put the toilet to, to roll, play the little, little rolls. rolls you can, you can, you can have anything you want. Because it's in the yard. same scene where he busts his balls. Like, you know, when I said you can go through the trash heap and grab anything you want, I didn't mean just grab anything you want. Right. Then he I takes... didn't mean to
0: build your whole fucking car. Right. Out but it.
1: then he like he takes a beat or two, looks at Arnie and goes, Yo, "But you know,
0: I know you ain't got money coming out of your yeah, asshole. asshole." Sorry, I just watched it again. This no, I was say "I know yeah. you don't <laughs> got money
1: coming out of your asshole," so. uh. You know, if you pick up around the place, put the TP on the little spinny things and do a couple of things, you know, you can have whatever you want. You can want. take
0: whatever you want. Well, I'll have to
1: I have, have to, to think, think about, about that. Well, go fuck yourself. Well, oh, you
0: don't think too long. Or I'll throw you out on your fucking
1: ass.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but what a, that is that takes Darnell from being just greasy car shop owner guy who's one note, he's always going to be that dude. Right. It gives him that little bit of of character that that make it fleshes his it fleshes him out. He's yeah. not just he's not just that dude. He's got a little bit, but already fucks off and like, well, fine, fuck you, then. I can't <laughs> yeah, do nothing. you piece of shit. Can't do nothing nice.
0: You can you, every like you can almost hear. He doesn't actually do it. But you can almost hear the mutter every time he walks away. Gotta You're like fucking, fucking kids. kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boy,
1: I, I gotta be nice to these fucking assholes. But you know, at the. <laughs> At the end of the day, like he could be a total fucking shitheel. He is, and, and, uh, especially and kick in the, the kid book. out on his ass. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But you know, in the book, it's a whole other story.
0: And they don't. I. It's. I think it's really interesting. They don't get into at all in no. this movie that Darnell is a criminal. He yeah. smuggles cigarettes back and forth <laughs> yeah. between uh, New York, which and New-
1: is why it's funny he says "a hey, no smoking allowed" in in my shop. Right, because He right. smuggles cigarettes. He
0: smuggles cigarettes. <laughs> he goes up to New Hampshire where yeah. they're duty free or whatever. Yeah, doesn't ta- pay tax- taxes. Yeah, on he doesn't him. pay taxes, and then he drives him back down to New York State and sells them. Makes an for-
1: extra like five bucks. That's why he has a caddy. See, that's a, It's those moments are there. The details are still there in the film. Right. They're never like you would have to like really dig to find it, but. Why does Darnell have a caddy, and why is he got this high school kid running errands for him?
0: The, you're right, dropping
1: they, stuff. It's all there now that
0: I say, now that you mention it. Um, uh, what's his name? Harry Dean Stanton actually has a line that hints that the cops are interested in what Darnell's doing. Like, he what says, are you
1: doing in this warehouse? What are you doing in this shop? Well, he goes, now well, he's
0: suddenly dead. Why didn't you unload it last night? And then, and then, um, it's right after Darnell gets killed, yep. and. Arnie, I, Arnie, this is a kind of a, the last moment where we actually have Arnold Cunningham on screen before he's just fully, yep. like, gaunt, shadow-eyed monster. Where he's like, he genuinely doesn't understand why Christine killed like, Darnell. Why did you do... Why?
1: why? He why? says why. To the car. To the car. Such a great thing. But then deed, Harry dude. Dean Stanton's like, well, because who I knows? I was hoping can... you could shine yeah, a little exactly. light on that.
0: But when uh, Arnie's like, I gotta... Hey, I, I got these parts to unload and I gotta get to school. And the detective stops him. And he goes... Uh, he goes. No, you get on to school. I don't want you anywhere near that caddy. I yeah. W- yeah, he's like we. W- you know, we're we'll, interested yeah, in that he too. He says we'll we'll take care of the caddy. I don't want you anywhere near that caddy. And you're like, I see. So the detectives are curious about what
1: what you were. Are yeah. these
0: parts or? And in the book, which this is one of the things that I missed from the book, which is Arnie getting a criminal record because Arnie gets caught crossing state lines with smuggled cigarettes, and he's looking at federal charges. Right. in the in the in book. The book. And that's totally absent from here. Okay, so the, I guess, yeah. Let's keep let's keep moving, and then we'll get to the end. But uh, here's where some of the sexual stuff. And in a movie that has no sex in it, surprisingly, and it's not the kind of sexiness where you're like, "Ooh, I'm watching this. This is kind of exciting." This kind of it's the kind of like weird sexual content where there's such like a dark little wormy sliver in its mm-hmm. heart that you're like, it's uncomfortable to watch. And Arnie getting into Christine when she's still a wreck, he's still trying to like rebuild her. I love that partial fix by the way, where they've got half the gorilla's chrome and half yep. it's all shitty. The,
1: the, the wording on the fucking like front quarter panel says it's like piston ring or piston rods or something. But the, uh, Some of the letters are not showing, so it looks like piss rings. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, uh, yeah, I love that when he's kind of uh, brand new, uh, and uh, Darnell has a great line, brand new windshield wipers on
3: a busted windshield. (laughs) Busted windshield. Yep.
0: (laughs) Kid's got good hands.
3: Yeah. Terrible taste in automobiles. And the other,
1: But that beat is he didn't, it's so subtle. Because he gives them the, yeah. Because they, they aren't new windshield wipers that he found. There's, they're Christine's they're new. They're the OGs. They're the OG Yeah, windshield
0: stock wipers. windshield yeah. wipers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but <clears throat> Arnie, there's one point Arnie's kind of like tired from working on Christine, so he gets behind the wheel, kind of like imagining what it's going to be like when he can finally drive her. And he clicks her on and turns the radio on and starts playing the oldies, and Arnie kind of like lolls behind the steering wheel. And we could just end there, like him sitting there listening to the oldies but he closes his eyes and he leans forward as though he's drugged mm-hmm. and he like puts a limp hand on the dashboard and he's like rubbing his hand up and down the left side of the dash, right by like where the windshield meets the, the frame. He's just like almost like mechanic. It looks like he's nodding out mm-hmm. inside Christine and it's, it's kind of like unnerving to see, yeah. to see that. And that's the first Time we get the sense we know that he likes the car, but that's the first time that we start to see that maybe There's something different going on here. This is like a relationship. It's mm-hmm. turning into like a almost like a lustful type thing. And then I mean obviously by the end we have the big speech where he's like, When you got someone who can believe in you can you can do fucking anything. I never knew you felt that way about Lee. Ah, I'm, I'm not talking fucking Christine. talking about Christine, yeah. man. And you're like, Wow. You just described your car in like some of the most romantic and beautiful language I've ever heard. While scoffing at the idea that that could ever be a woman. Yep.
1: <laughs> oh my God. It's
0: um. Wild man. Uh, oh the,
1: that Guinness went right to my head. Oh, you're good. I don't. I don't drink that much anymore. So.
0: That's I. That's the nice thing about Guinness is it's the. It's got a, like a low key ABV. Yep. Whereas back in the day when you and I used to start these shows with tiki drinks. Yeah. Well, we can bring that back anytime <laughs> we want. <laughs> um. So there. Shortly after this is where we start to see. You remember when Arnie's arguing with his parents and he comes out and Dennis is waiting for him and Arnie goes, oh, shit. (laughs) You're like, you could have mumbled that, man. You could have kept that one. Your friend, like, for sure heard you say that. Yeah. (laughs) And then Dennis is like, well, nice to see you too, man. I guess it's all right to see you. Hey, I got work tonight. I forgot about that thing. I was going to call you, but I didn't. Totally
1: didn't. Hey, you're not wearing glasses.
0: Yeah. And it's just, you're like... (laughs) This is where I have problems With Arnie becoming the asshole Like immediately Yeah, 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 yeah But there is a funny bit When he's walking down the driveway And I wrote down um, When he's walking away And his mom's like You get back here Arnold Cunningham And he goes Get off my back (laughs) And like the way that he says it I was like Get off my back Almost sounded like It was gonna be the lead-in To an unexpected musical number Get, get off my back. back Oh mom, I got a new car and you can't stop me. I'm going far as it, mom you know like I can just almost see like like everyone starts dancing <laughs> yeah. and the mom's like but Arnie we're worried about you just something about that get off my back It's like a barbershop quartet <laughs> fucking right. note.
1: Like, becomes the music
0: man all of a sudden yeah, like, John, White a rose I'm home again Yeah dude John Carpenter's <laughs> like alright 40 minutes in left turn it's a musical, musical now and you're like okay listen John <laughs> you've been uh, you've been hanging out with Stephen King <sniffs> nope, nope not at all we're gonna do a <laughs> musical now <laughs> Stephen who anyway <laughs> oh like, my God it's Burgess like... Meredith we're
1: gonna do it <laughs> what
0: he's not... Bur- Burgess Meredith you mean the Is guy th- from Rocky? isn't he the penguin in the old Batman television serials? Yeah, it'd be perfect for this, right? Am I right? Everybody, I'm right. I'm not re- And then he, just, he starts crying. <laughs> like, wow, John Carpenter. It's a bit of a step back from That was Halloween. a weird day
1: on the set. It was.
0: And it was luckily just the one line. Just the one. They They shot the lead in, and then they were going to do the reverse to start the musical number, but the next day he woke up and he was like,
1: That was... <laughs> what a weird dream oh I just my had.
0: God, my head. Wait, why is why is Arnie saying that line that way? <laughs> I guess just let's just leave it. Let's go. We already broke that set, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we struck set yesterday. I guess that'll just be one of those weird things that people wonder what kind of drugs John Carpenter was doing in '83. Seriously. Um. Okay. I in the in the book, Carl. I hate when I say this. No, I. Watching, I guess it's, it's all right, though. In the book, the reveal of how many lives Christine has claimed. Is a little bit more gradual because in this one, he goes back to see Darnell and he's like, yeah, the, his daughter choked in the car and he just kept it. And I tried to make him sell it when his wife killed herself in the car and then uh and then he killed himself in the car. Yeah. And you're like, so these are you're just going to give them all to us all right, of them right now, right now. In and, one go. You know, I suspect that in the future, this car will probably <laughs> kill three. You know, like, it's like, let's just get the whole body count on the table so we can all just marvel at how. My many,
1: guess will be at least 14, 15 people, probably.
0: I'm going to say, how many? Yeah, your kid, that, that friend of yours is pretty nerdy. He's probably got four bullies. His parents are pretty shitty, but they might live. Darnell seems to be a friend of his, but he's a bad guy, so I bet he's dead. You <laughs> know, you're like, you're like do you have the site? We sight? gotta <laughs> have a
1: final girl, and this one's gonna have a final guy, too. so they don't count.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I don't like you. You shoulda, but you do look but like a survivor. A <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And I bet you. I mean, I don't want to like sh- 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 piss in your pocket here, but I'm pretty sure your friend is gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> like when I sold him that car, I was like, this kid's dead. You know. <laughs> but I made 300 bucks <laughs> to my 250. 250. For- I you said 300. I love that. 50. For- yeah, I and mean, he's yeah. like. He's like two fifty. All right, well, uh, what would we say? Three hundred. And Arnie starts writing the check, and Dennis is like two fifty, and he looks down to Arnie like, "You jackass, fix that." Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, he. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot. And we also probably. Uh, I knew this guy once, Cigar Asher Tony, and I'll I'll just bet you he died in Christine. Oh, that's <laughs> right, coming <laughs> off the line. Coming fresh off the line. Um,
1: when when she is singing, I'm gonna tell you how it's gonna be. You're gonna give your love to me.
0: The, on that's the line the first, right? yeah that's or, the first song what do you think of what do you think of the difference between the nature of christine this is a major difference between the book and the movie in the book christine is just a normal car mm-hmm. and the first uh the first Lebe, brother Lebay the one who kills himself in the car his disregard for his daughter's death and his disregard for his wife's death his like his weird obsessive love of the car and these bad things that happen there you know how stephen king has the idea of the bad place yeah, you know the barons or whatever mm-hmm. um the wastelands the wastelands uh is that what they call it in it mm-hmm. the, yeah so he uh he's got these ideas of like places that are just Well, oh, in- that's
1: a bad place in that but in yeah sorry
0: Well, like the uh, the Overlook Hotel. It's like there are just – in Stephen King's mind – Places that are bad. He gets into it in Dance Macabre, which is a phenomenal nonfiction book about the horror genre by Stephen King, which if you like horror, you should read. Um, Listener. You probably have already read it. But um, he has this idea of like places on earth that are just no matter what you do, they're inherently not good places. He calls it the bad place. And in a way, um, uh, Brother LeBay's – Ownership of the car and these deaths that happen there, and his like callous refusal to get rid of this car, even though it has so much tragedy, imbues Christine with his own evil. Yeah. And by killing himself in the car, he like animates it. Yeah. And then once Arnie buys the car, and this is all in the book, this is not in the film. No, because she's
1: she is uh alive off the line.
0: Yep, she's living after she's like the moment she's air quotes born, the last bolt goes in, and Christine is this evil, sentient car. I think that makes sense for the film because it gets Christ- it gets us going. We're going. Yeah. yeah, like so much of of making a movie.
1: You could make a whole movie about Christine becoming Christine through the right. whole Brother LeVay story.
0: I think that all of that uh all of the like the origin story of Christine is like 4000 words in Christine. Mm-hmm. It's like two chapters worth of material and you just don't have that kind of time yeah. when you're trying to do an 111 minutes, you know. When you do a
1: hundred, 111 minutes, you find a de- two deaths, no, a, a mangled hand
0: yeah. and a death. Mangled hand, death. On the line. On the line, we see okay, this is this car has got a little this car's got a mean streak or yep. whatever, you know. Um but I thought in a, I thought in a weird way that that changes kind of the dynamic rather than having this be a story about how how bad people can influence and affect their the world around them, mm-hmm. which I think is important because I have a question about Arnie Cunningham's transformation. In the in both the book and the movie. In the movie I want to talk about, mm-hmm. does Arnie change because the car is working I on had, his mind? I had that thought. So what what's your thought? My
1: I thought my thought is that Christine just happens to be a tool that is a very unique tool. Mm-hmm. I feel like Arnie Was possibly headed down a particular road anyway through the amount of abuse. Through the, you know, if Carrie, if Carrie, if Christine isn't there, I think another tool would have been probably found and utilized.
0: Like another the way I, I i think along like a, yeah. a parallel track i almost think like vent would be the word though mm-hmm. like um he's so like bottled up yeah. and pr- there's so much pressure from his parents from the bullies from school he i didn't play sports i did the chess club you know like he's he's this like
1: but arnie what happens to arnie is is how we get like columbine so i feel like there could have been And, and, and king wrote about this very thing before christine or right around the same time with Rage, so I feel like this is just a very unique, again, like a tool that, sure. it, that that can. It probably brings it out more in him, but I think had he found like,
0: see, I don't, I don't think it's
1: Christine though. Like my, I feel like it's, I feel like it's him. I feel like it's Arnie. The one, one is feeding
0: into the other. What I was wondering was, is does Arnie transform? Because we see him pick up Shitter. Yeah, Which in the bo- in both the book and the movie is kind of a supernatural thing That's meant to show that the spirit of LeBay Something Is kind is, of yeah. like passing into him or whatever But what I was wondering was, you could also just look at it this way Arnie is a victim in this movie he, Early on, he's bullied, his parents yep. are like crushing him He's just, he's a loser And there's no two ways about it, I'm sorry That's just Arnold Cunningham at the beginning of this film And he first runs into LeBay to buy this car and obviously the car captivates him but in a weird way I wonder if maybe the car is just the vehicle that puts him in these situations mm-hmm. where he sees LeBay and LeBay's this guy who's like you know I'm talking about the shitters of the world ain't nobody gonna tell me what to do and yeah well how about you give you 300 and you ever had a car before and mm, new car smell best smell in the world except maybe pussy and he's talking real confident and he doesn't care how he sounds and he's rough around the edges and he's I'm going to say air quotes tough Now he's a piece of shit But he's also air quotes tough Next person that Arnie meets that same day Is Darnell Mm -hmm. And we Knowing what we know about the book And seeing a little bit of what we see in the movie He interacts with Darnell And the people in Darnell's shop A lot Because he's there all the time So now we have Arnie going from like hanging out at chess club and being constantly bullied by his parents He just gets a little distance from the things that have been pressuring and hurting and and Cracking and and all that stuff all that stuff that makes him into like a meek little loser He's away from all that now and he's hanging out with dudes who are Smoking cigarettes and smuggling contraband They're playing poker and they talk They swear a lot and they have a propensity for low-grade violence and I'm wondering if some of that is just Arnie, Arnie, because when you're young, you're pretty impressionable.
1: Oh, absolutely. He's, Your brain's still cooking. Right. So. Yeah. He's
0: got, he's got pudding in his head, man. And he's looking around and he's like, these guys don't put up with shit. They, they live their life their way. And, you know, like, Hey, and and I wonder in if like with repeated prolonged exposure to those type of people, if he's glomming onto that behavior mm-hmm. and just reflecting it like if you yeah. take out the supernatural element of Christine fixing herself up this is just the story of a kid who over the course of a long summer fixing up his car picks up shop habits and his friends start to push back on it but now he's got this ingrained defense mechanism with his hey if you don't like how i talked then fuck off yeah so yeah so i'm wondering if this is and by making christine inherently magical you remove some of some of that more psychological aspect of arnie's transformation whereas if if the car,
1: it becomes all about the car, like possessing him in a way, rather than the 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 natural sort of evolution of Arnie in the new environment that he's in.
0: It makes Arnie not culpable for his actions, right? Whereas because he's
1: being taken control. He's possessed. Of. He's yeah, possessed.
0: it's like like I'm not gonna sit here being like Reagan was a real bitch to her mom in The Exorcist. Her, right. You know, she had like, no
1: control over. Yeah, her the like, devil is well, in what that. What about child. she had to have some sort of? Re- she's culpable for some of it. That's you know. a
0: grounding. At least she killed a person. She was playing with the Captain. She killed two people
1: in the basement, though. So I mean, she has a little.
0: Yeah, uh, but she was a child yeah, and didn't fair. really know. But like, and it's also the devil. Fair, you know. Well, but like Pazuzu, a devil. Pazuzu, yeah, yeah. But I said the name out loud. Not a good idea. We said it twice, Now we can't say it a third. That's Beetlejuice. I well, yeah, you've a Beetlejuice shirt on, dude. That's twice. you're g- <laughs> now, i did say it earlier but we said a lot of words the, in between yeah it doesn't count we broke it up you have to say it thrice in a row true it's like if i were to say don't it. just <laughs> <laughs> but no i i think i'm more interested in the idea that the original brother LeBay imbued this car with his own evil and when arnie gets in he's catching some of that like right. like um it's like like hum like like radio hum. I can a little hear, bit of the
1: echo of the yeah, and, right, and yeah. he's getting
0: some of that on him. But really, I am more intrigued by the, by the idea that it's just it's just his interaction with abrasive elements that warp and twist him, and and his own escalating like evil or wickedness mm-hmm. or badness. Is being fueled into the car and Christine is kind of draining him like a battery. Right. I like th- Yeah. That's compelling. Me I and I that. think that's more in the bo- that's kind of in the book yeah. too. Um what'd you think of that high hit in the end zone, dude? That I love a good stunt tackle. That looked Man, like it they was, killed that guy. It
1: looked it looked rough as shit, dude. <laughs> And it, oh, it's projected too. Like you see it coming a mile away, you're like, Oh, this is gonna hurt.
0: Yeah, especially when he's like he's like in the end zone getting ready to catch a pass and he's staring at Christina yeah. like you gotta be on you. gotta be moving. Mean. You gotta be moving, buddy.
1: But Oh man, he's already throwing the ball. You're not even looking. S- You've got oh, stationary target, that ball's no. in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's not good. This is what
1: paralyzed looks like.
0: Do you think <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they killed a stun man for this one. Huh. Good. Hollywood was different in the eighties. Yes, yeah, it was, wasn't um, it? Um so what do you think Christine curse or is that just the wages of jealousy? I think that's
1: the wages of jealousy. And I think it's really fucking interesting because it is, it's playing off that supernatural like idea, but no, it's if, if that, again, to your point, if it's just a car, right. And it's just Arnie changing because in his environment, his influences are, are different. Right. And even if there is a little bit of like, taint left from that bad place sure. that are sort of leeching on mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with dennis and his his perception of what's going on i don't even
0: think it's the car i think it's arnie and it's lee. arnie
1: and lee no absolutely he doesn't give a fuck about the car yeah he's like oh sh- this is a girl that i sat down next to in the library and got like shot totally down. shot down yeah, yeah i had to give my friend a buck because you know
0: <laughs> we're just kind of scummy but okay yeah, it was kind of scummy <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no it's that and that's that's the price he paid for his jealousy for his friend who he should fucking care about like you said earlier like right. he should be like dude you got the you got you got the girl man right you're
0: looking good your pimples have cleared up you got christine all fixed up and then at the end of that thought is it's not fair it's and not that fair is kind and of that's what,
1: why you can't take your eyes off it right you know that's the, and that's, that's why the you price yeah
0: yeah, see the 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 undertones, the undercurrents yeah. of this movie are fascinating. So I to
1: dig me. it because I think the only influence is on Arnie. Everyone else gets affected by it because sure. of the actions of Arnie and Christine, but I think as far as anyone else having any sort of like supernatural things occurring, it's all their, their response to right. it, right?
0: So I think that the movie I think this is pretty close to where the movie makes its major turn. Yeah, because he comes to visit. Uh, Arnie comes to visit Dennis in the hospital, and then after that is when we get the uh, Arnie and Lee on a date at the movie theater, which mm-hmm. is probably for me one of the most iconic moments in this movie. It, yeah. The the effect is so simple, simple, but it's so effective. perfect. It's oh, perfect, dude. Yeah. That hand she starts choking on the hamburger and the radio comes on, and I love that we're on her face when the light comes up. That like crazy, like almost sunlight glow. Did you know that they put um jet airliner lights on into the no headlights on some shit. of the stuck cars to make oh Christine's God. headlights like really Incredible. pop 28 Belvederes only 2 survived this movie
1: oh
0: shit well they fucking destroy a lot they, they of them they cream cars, a lot dude. of them dude yeah it's uh it's it's one of those things that you see in movies. One of them's
1: a balloon, but it looks really cool when you put sound effects. The, over the it. coming back together, yeah,
0: plastic actually.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: they they wired up a, a like pliable plastic. This is really cool, actually. They built most of a Belvedere out of like this really interesting plastic. That when they did screen tests, the plastic looked more real than metal. That's funny. It looked crazy. more like metal than the metal, metal did on yeah. screen. So they built this like really interesting plastic Belvedere, and then they rigged up the interior all the way around to hydraulic push-pull pistons. It's fucking great. And obviously, yeah. Well, I guess yeah. It
1: looks like a fucking balloon. Well, it's like how pliable that plastic is. Yeah.
0: Well, and I love how they I love how they do the shot because what they're doing. I mean, anybody who watches the movie for two seconds will realize that you're watching reversed footage. Yes, of course. But you don't really understand how the crush is happening. Right. So you're like, okay, it's reversed footage, but, but how, how, how are they crushing yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So even if you play it right, how the hell is that happening? And <laughs> right. what it is is it's a hollow plastic car, and they just turn on the pneumatics and would suck like the center of a body panel in, and then it really does crush in in this like
1: little snap, 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 snap. Yeah, snap, and snap.
0: but the plastic's not gonna like break and it's not flaking paint offs, but but it like rumples. That's so incredible. Yeah by using this like cool like low Light grade plastic car That could make it like rumple inwards I'm gonna say one of the most Impressive one of the most impressive things That I've ever seen as far as effects go Is that grill coming back out dude So fucking It's like cool. sp- it's the simplest Shot in the world but it's like special effects